So, John, what's the most bored you've ever been while on holiday? You know what? It was Pisa. Yeah? Yeah, I went to Italy with my family when I was 19 years old. And mm-hmm. we went to Rome, we went to Rimini, we went to Pisa, and we went to Florence. Yep. Florence. A, a, a standard route. Yeah, standard route. Florence, amazing, beautiful. Mm. Rome, not bad. You know, good. Get to pretty grand in places. Very good. Yeah, it's got some interesting stuff. Yeah. Rimini, Sort of bit kind of beachy, but it was okay to chill for a few days. Yeah. Pisa, shit. It's boring. There's it's, nothing there's there. Not, there's literally the tower and nothing all else. Yeah. <laughs> you go, your dad does the embarrassing, you yep. know, yep. let's the, take a photo. I'm pushing, I'm holding I'm, the tower I'm holding up, I'm the pushing tower it. Photo. Yeah, yeah. You, you cringe. Yeah. And then you're done with Pisa. Yeah, did you go we, up the tower? We did go up the tower, so that was something. It was open. Yeah. I know it varies when it's open or not. We were on a good day, so we did get to climb the tower, which yeah. is fine. That was good, you know. Yeah. But yeah. We really overestimated how interesting. We were there for like three days. Once we'd done the tower. Three like, days yeah, we in like, Pisa? Yeah, we didn't realise. Whoa. We thought it'd be like cultural. We thought there'd be like loads to do. Oh, dear. We spent like, an, we did three days of Pisa and an afternoon in Florence. And it's like. Oh, that's the wrong way around. Reverse that shit. Yeah. When, I, when I went to Pisa, I went there on the way to Florence from that's Rome. That's the way to do it, yeah. Just like I just, I, I stopped there for like an hour or two and just went on to Florence after that and that, that was it. That was absolutely the right I d- choice. I d- <laughs> didn't, didn't go up the tower. I was like, mm. I, I don't care. Like, yeah, I've seen yeah. it now. I can say I've seen it. I didn't take the photo of me pushing it up. Good. I took photos of me high-fiving people who were pushing it up. So they were doing a photo where it looked like they're pushing it. Okay. And then I was like meters in front of them taking my own selfie photo. I'm high-fiving <laughs> them, but I'm really big. Uh-huh. Um, it, was, uh, it was fun. My favorite bit about it was that when you buy tickets to go up it, mm-hmm. you can buy a ticket to go up the tower or you can buy a ticket to go up the tower and in the visitor center and in the church that's nearby and made by the same architect. Oh, just like a package deal. Yeah. Sure. But why? Why would you want... <laughs> well, I guess because you're there for three days. You've got to fill your sandwich with something, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, yeah, Pisa, there is... Uh, yeah. It's a shithole. If you're from Pisa, listener, fuck you. <laughs> Me? Fuck you in the town you grew up in. Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels, and spin-off ideas to In Bruges. We'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing from our listeners with the ideas that they have posted on our Facebook and Twitter pages. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from the original movie and catch up with a bit of a plot summary. I am Harry, the host with the most love for the town of Bruges. Okay. This is a fucking fairy tale, John. It's a fucking fa- I've never been. And joining me as always, the host who has survived the most cities in Europe is John Lucas. That, this is true, yeah. By some miracle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you've been to Bruges? I've not. I've never been to Bruges. I've never been to Belgium. Yeah. It's it's a gap in my travel knowledge, yeah. Really? Not even yeah. like passed through Brussels at some point? No, never. Oh, I have actually, I've stayed at the airport, but I didn't leave the airport. So, Oh, I guess I, sp- I went <laughs> out for like a croissant or something, but I, I, I'm not counting that. I've not spent any significant time in Bruges. I yeah. spent like a few hours on layover in Brussels on the way to Kiev in Ukraine. See, a lot of people say that if you leave the airport, that counts. I don't know. I'd rather, I'd want to feel like I'd spent at least a day there. Yeah. I'm hoping to go next year if I manage to get to the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to spend a day. Actually, I watched this. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be in Rotterdam for two weeks next year. God willing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go and spend a day in Bruges. It looks lovely. It looks like a yeah. fucking fairy tale. <laughs> it's because it is a fucking fairy tale, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... 
Yeah, no, Bruce is lovely. I'm glad to hear it, yeah. So I was going to ask, um, I assume, have you seen this film before you suggested it? No, I podcast? saw it shortly afterwards. Oh, that, yeah, well, so you had seen it before this podcast. Yeah, so I, I went here, went, went to Bruges with an American friend that I, I met in Paris. I was traveling around. Yeah, you went interrailing, interrailing yes, yeah. around Europe, back, back around Europe, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was his favorite film in, in Bruges. And so, he, and so he was telling me all about the film and just like, oh, and this is the bit where this happens, and this is the bit where this happens. And I'm like, all right, cool, cool. I've not, because I hadn't seen it. I was like, this, oh, so mean, this he, means nothing to had me. Had he come to Bruges specifically because he'd seen the film? Yes. Okay, interesting. Yeah, he made that like the center point of his backpacking trip around, around Europe. Great, okay. Um, and he was having a really good time. Oh, that's nice. That's sweet. Um, you know, he went up the tower and everything, and he was like, they don't have these bars in the film. Like, there's no bars on the thing. Like, They have had to put the bars in because of the film, <laughs> I'd imagine. <laughs> Quite possibly, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a really good time. I'm glad, yeah, because I was wondering. And like, then watching what... the film afterwards, it's it's like, oh, yeah, like like they definitely film this on location, and the film loves the location. Oh yeah, there's so many shots of just like this is how beautiful this little village is, and yeah, it's just nice to see all these those familiar shots when you've just been. Yeah, I did wonder what this film might have done for Bruges tourist industry. Because on the one hand, it does look like a fucking fairy tale. Yeah. And you've got one character who's like very pro it, but then you've got another character who spends the entire movie just shitting on it. Like yep. constantly just saying, oh, it's hell on earth. Everything he says is valid as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, it is kind of boring. There's not a lot going on for it. Okay. It's, yeah, it's the sort of place. It's not like Pisa. Mm-hmm. Like Pisa, you'd go for an afternoon. I'd say Bruges, you'd go for a weekend. A weekend at most. Okay, yeah. sure. Great. Yeah. And having been, would you go back? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd say so. So it has resale. Because I, I would never I would, go back to Pisa. I wouldn't, like, go back every year or something. No, but if, you, if the opportunity zero is you'd go back to Bruges just to... Yeah, I think I'd probably go back to Bruges after every time I've watched this film. Sure. Um, yeah. And I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed this film. So. No, no, I enjoyed it too. Yeah. Very much, yeah. I enjoyed this film, and I really, really, actually really love this film. Yeah. I, I, it's my first time watching it. I've never okay. seen it before. So this was a new one for me. And I really, oh, I'm really... I'm on to a good run. You are on a good run. That's two in a row, yeah. yeah. And I really, really enjoyed it. I did feel a little bit bad about how much I enjoyed it, though. Okay. Just because of some of the things. I don't, I don't know. I just, some of the inappropriateness of it. Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. Maybe that's... I'm not sure if it's the, the film being inappropriate or the character being mm-hmm. deliberately written to be inappropriate. Well, you know, the writer-director of this film also more recently wrote and directed Free Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I did know that, yeah. Yeah, and that makes sense to me because that film had a similar effect on me mm. when I was like, I did enjoy that, but I also found it problematic mm-hmm. and it made some weird choices mm. and i think they both make similar i can't remember it's been a while since i've watched three billboards but i remember that yeah. also having a lot of like very aggressive racism and just seeing seeming mm. quite mean-spirited in many places and this film had that vibe as well but it's also so well written yeah like the plot yeah. is the plot is perfect like the script is perfect the way everything comes together mm-hmm. the, the way it all just it's really satisfying every, isn't it? it's, it's so satisfying everything that happens has a payoff that is satisfying. Mm-hmm. Nothing is there for no reason. Mm-hmm. The characters are really interesting. The acting is just incredible. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean... So well cast. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so like, I think it's the best thing I've seen all those actors in. Really? Even Ray Fiennes? I think so. Wow, that's high praise. Yeah. I, I, I think I prefer his his character in this than any other character he's done. Okay. And What's your point of reference for Ray Fiennes? Obviously Voldemort. Voldemort's the big one. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that really long, boring one I watched recently? The English Patient. The English Patient. Oh, yeah, you did watch Ugh. that. And we didn't even do it on the podcast. That wasn't even my fault. <laughs> I've, I've that, was my, that was my mum's fault. I've come so close so many times <laughs> to do The English Patient. But oh, God. After Dangerous Liaisons, I was like, no. I know what Harry doesn't like. And it's hard, ve- hard veto. Okay, no, we'll never do it now. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm not sure what else I know Ray Fiennes from, but mm. uh, yeah, a couple of, couple of those things. Brendan Gleeson, um, again, Harry Potter. Sure. Yeah. Um, a, a couple of things, but this this is... It's not like he's more of a, like a, a character actor. It's rare to see him in a leading role. Yeah, I was going to say this. This isn't like a, a major jump for him to be something different. This is just it's a strong Brendan Gleeson role. Yeah, he. This is what he plays. But it's yeah. re- normally his. He plays like side characters with like two scenes rather than. Mm. And this he's very much the co-lead. So, yeah, which is yeah. And then Colin Farrell in this is oh. something else. He's easily my favorite Colin Farrell performance. Yeah, by, we, a, by a long shot. Have we had Colin Farrell on this podcast before? Has he cropped up? Sure I don't think he have. have. I don't think he has. I've not seen many of his films, to be honest. I've no, just seen him make appearances here and there. I was also thinking this, because I feel like he's very famous, right? Mm, yeah. But I was thinking, I was like, I don't know why he's... Fa- that, that sounds like a dig, but I don't know what he's famous for. Yeah. He just seems like he's always been well-known. But when I thought about like, I think, the films... I think he's just very, very good-looking. I was just, Yeah, I think that's the same. He's just so handsome, but... Yeah. I was thinking like, okay, so like Brad Pitt's famous, I mean, for many things, but he did Film and Louise and it's like, yeah. okay. And then Leo, Leo DiCaprio did Titanic and, mm-hmm. and you know, there's always a thing. Mm. I was like, well, what, what's the first thing Colin? For? And I even looked at his like filmography and I was like, well, I guess Minority Report was a big hit, but I can't, I don't, I've never seen it. Mm. And phone booth, I guess. <laughs> 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 like there's things that, it's like you look at his list of films he's made like in his early years when yeah. he was like a big celebrity and you're like, well, I kind of recognise that film, but mm. I wouldn't say it was like a super breakout role. Mm. I don't think he ever had one. I think no. he just like floated around in Hollywood for a while and then made this. And it, I think it might actually be this, but he'd, mm. he'd been around for a while when he made he's, this. He's still quite young though in this. Yeah, he's only 34 in this. Yeah. that was. I think he's also young even today. He, he looks He looks way younger. Yeah, but I, I assume he's older than he is. Like, yeah, I, for some reason I thought, oh, he must have been about 40 when he made this, but no, it's he was 30, like younger than me. He was like 33 mm. when he made this. So yeah, I think he's also younger than I would have assumed he was. But yeah, I don't know. Well, especially because they keep referring to him as the kid. True, true, true. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's not a kid. He's no, in his he's, 30s, he's, he's not. Sure, compared to the other two. Yeah. But yeah, I just don't think he's ever had a defining role, and I think if he has one in his career, it's probably this. Mm. Like I think now he makes more. Well, that can work awesome. really well for actors, and yeah. well, clearly it is. Somehow he's managed to make a major career out of. Oh sure, no, he's doing a, a lot better now. Out, out, out of seemingly a lot of B movies, not not quite B movies, but you know, not like. I think now he's making like artsy movies. Yeah. Like he did that film The Lobster, which I've not seen, but it's supposed oh, to be yeah, amazing. Oh yeah, I've always meant to Yeah, I, I really want to watch it. Mm. Like he, I think he does more art house. He did that film with Nicole Kidman, uh, The Be- the Beguiled, mm-hmm. which is quite boring, but also quite campy. Like it's half and <laughs> half. It's really half and half. Sure. But he's fun in it. Uh, but whereas in his early career, he was in a lot of like really dismal flops, like mm. Alexander. Yeah. Um, you know, just lots of like, that was like B movies and flop movies, mm-hmm. probably because he was just handsome, but no one knew what to do with him. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely the best thing I've seen Colin Farrell in by mm. a long shot. So mm. yeah, he's abs- he should have won an Oscar for this. He was fantastic. Yeah, it's it, such a good performance. He's doing so much. Yeah, yeah, but it's but it's so perfectly pitched. Like mm. he's perfectly cast for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After I killed them, I dropped the gun in the Thames, washed the residue off my hands in the bathroom of a Burger King, and walked home to await instructions. Shortly thereafter, the instructions came through. Get the fuck out of London, you dumb fucks. Get to Bruges. I didn't even know where Bruges fucking was. It's in Belgium. Right, I should do plot some of that. Take it away. It's quite a complex one, so... It is. I'll help you out if you need it. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it is, but at the same time, it isn't. Like, it's a fairly mm. easy story. But it all follows a lot. Yeah, it's, you, well, let's say how you get on. There's just a lot to it. There's a lot so, of moving parts. Yeah, yeah, so we pick up in Bruges, mm-hmm. 
with Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell, they yeah. just walk, they, they, they walk into Bruges and it's clearly the first time that either of them have been there. Yeah, they're just off the boat or just off the train. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not given any context. We get a little voiceover at the beginning from Colin Farrell mm-hmm. where he kind of obliquely references what we learn about later, he says, after the murderer threw the gun in the Thames. Mm-hmm. And then Harry, not you, Harry, the character in the film, told me and Ken to hide out in Bruges. Yeah. I didn't even know where Bruges was. Mm-hmm. Long pause. It's in Belgium. That really, that really made me laugh. That was a <laughs> strong laugh at the start. Like, <laughs> this film is hilarious. It's very funny. It's got yeah. s- great comedic timing. Oh, no, yeah, it, it's a hoot. It's very, very funny. Yeah. yeah, and just excellent dialogue to go with it. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. It's so wonderfully well written. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So, yes, they arrive in Bruges, which is, for those who don't know, in Belgium. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they, they, they go to the hotel or whatever and... Uh, they asked to check into their rooms, and it turns out they're in a shared room mm-hmm. um, because it's Christmas. By the way, everybody, we're doing a Christmas season. If you hadn't, yeah. if you this is this film, this is very much a incidental Christmas, even more so very, than Black Christmas and very. Reindeer Games. Well, I mean, Reindeer Games was aggressively Christmas, actually. <laughs> what am I talking about? But yeah, this film, Black Christmas was, was it was subtle yeah. in its way about it was just set set yeah. in winter. In this, it's really like, oh, by the way, it's Christmas, and then they never mention it again. Yeah, I mean, there are Christmas lights, but it's not. It snows at the end. Yeah, it's not. But I'm really not, sure, but I'm not sure if that was snow on the, the set of the film that was happening. Sure, it's not really pertinent to the plot that it's Christmas. No, but they've been put up in this hotel by the like head of the gang that they appear to be in because they're both hitmen. It turns yeah. out. So that's Harry, the mysterious Harry, who mm-hmm. is voiced by Ray Fiennes until mm-hmm. he shows up later. Yeah, has told them to hide out in Bruges for two weeks. It's ages before we see him, isn't it? It's like two thirds into the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's it's powerful doing that. Yeah, no, the first two thirds of this movie, not a lot happens. Well, actually, a lot happens, but also <laughs> it's like it, it's just like a two-handed buddy movie. There's not really a lot else mm. going on. I mean, the girlfriend, the, the Belgian girl, gets a little bit to do, but on the whole, it's really a two-handed yeah. story until yeah. he comes in. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and when he comes in, I don't think. Yeah, when Harry arrives, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell, apart from one very significant moment, they're never together again. Because when he arrives, Colin Farrell's already left. Oh, yeah, that's true. So they only come back, spoiling jumping ahead, Mm. when Ken dies. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. Interesting way of just plotting it. Because the first half of it, they're together constantly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. never never apart from Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, so, so they're in Bruges. So, so, so they're in Bruges. They're sharing a hotel room. Neither of them want to be sharing a room. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, then it cuts to like the next day or something. They're walking, or maybe that same day, and they're walking around Bruges. Mm-hmm. And Brendan Gleeson is having the time of his life. Like he's got all his tours booked. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just looking at all the buildings, taking well, not taking photos, but he's like, you know, appreciating he's the architecture. He's enjoying being a tourist. He likes to soaking he's up be, the culture. He's being the perfect Bruges tourist. Yeah. He was like, me. We, we've, we've got pretty buildings. Yeah. And, uh, we, and, we, and we've got gu- tour guides. And, you know, that's that's all you can offer. And he's, yeah. he's lapping it all up. He loves it. Yeah. I really related to his character in this moment. Yeah. Like, because I'm one of those, I love his history. So I, I love like a walking tour. Mm-hmm. I'll look at all the old buildings. I'll do it. I'll soak it up. <laughs> yeah. But I also have that thing of like when you're with a friend who's maybe not as interested in culture and history. You're like, but, but look at it. It's so they, interesting. They nailed it. They absolutely yeah, nailed yeah. The it. The dynamic was great. Because also when I was in Bruges, we had this dynamic. Yeah. So me and uh, Andrew was the guy I was with. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really interesting. Like, oh, can we, um, he was a, he was a, a religious a religious man as well. Oh, okay. So he's like, right, can we go in all the churches? I want to see all the churches. Apparently the, the blood of Christ is in one of them. Mm-hmm. Now I know is he knows it from this from the film. film, yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think I went into one church and I was like, this is sure, it looks like a church, it's great. Mm-hmm. And I was very bored, and then I just didn't go in any of the other churches, <laughs> I, I just waited outside. Yeah, <laughs> I think when we went to Amsterdam together, because I arrived a few days earlier, I think I was like, I'm gonna get all this done before Harry comes because mm-hmm. I know he's not gonna want to go and see the 
the galleries. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they absolutely nail like the, the one tourist who really wants to be there and the other tourist who just wants to go home. Yeah. Um, or just go just go to the pub and get drunk. Yeah, Colin Farrell's character is very much not interested in whatsoever. Actively against any culture, yeah. any history. <laughs> Hates Bruges. Thinks Bruges is a shithole. Yep. Just instantly takes against it. Yep. Like, I was like getting offended on the behalf of Bruges. I was like, what does this... <laughs> What does this man have against this perfectly lovely little Belgian town? It seems yeah. like a lovely place to spend two weeks. Yeah. Like, but also he—he's just a very bitter man. He—he he hates everything and everyone. And we find out as well that he's obviously got his own shit going on. Yeah. And, and also, he, I think he just doesn't like being holed up. I think having being stuck in one place is obviously mm. something that drives him nuts. So yeah. it's obviously not good for his mental health to be there. So, no, yeah. no, certainly not. Mm. Yeah. So like they're out during the day, but then during the evening, like they might have one or two beers in like the bar of the hotel they're in I'm, I'm, or nearby bar i'm not sure mm-hmm. but they need to spend most of their evenings just waiting in their hotel room just in case harry calls yeah which ray colin farrell's character just can't deal with he has to keep going out yeah now there's a brilliant scene here i think it's the first time where he says like can we go to the pub mm-hmm. that uh, i had to pause it and rewind it and maybe this doesn't make it to the final cut and I said, I said to Louise, just like, okay, let's just watch this again. But imagine it's Lara asking to go for a walk. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, Lara, my dog. Because yeah, he basically says, can we go to the pub? And Brendan Gleeson says, no. And then he just sort of looks around and just looks really unhappy with himself. He <laughs> just looks to the left, looks to the right. He sort of looks over to Brendan Gleeson like he's got an idea. And then, oh, and then nothing. <laughs> and <laughs> just, I don't know, he just did a really cute face of just like being unhappy and bored. And he... No, Colin Farrell definitely had a... Well, he has a very cute face. Yeah. But also, it was... Yeah, I can see... He is like a human dog in many ways in this film. Yeah, he, he really is. He does have that, like, just very simple pleasures. He just wants to... Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's just... He is like an enthusiastic puppy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really saw that too, actually, to be fair. So. <laughs> yeah, I forget, I forget what specifically happened. So they go that. out one... So they go out one night. They get really bored in the hotel room. Mm. And they, they decide to go for, like, a late night stroll through the town. Because... Mm-hmm. Ray says, oh, maybe all those amazing cultural things you may be watching the day, maybe they're even more interesting at night. Yeah, he, yeah, pl- yeah. he plays him at his own kind of Yes. Game. So they go out and they come across... They stu- and, he, they, and, and like Colin Farrell instantly has a beer in hand. Yes, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and they stumble across a late night movie shoot. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. In which Ray meets a beautiful Belgian woman named Chloe, mm-hmm. uh, played by Clemence Posey, who's best known as being Fleur Delacour in the Harry Potter movies. Oh. Yeah, everyone in this movie that's why i texted you this is yeah. fucked up harry potter you know everyone in this movie without exception mm. appeared in harry potter at some without exception i think every main character i mean there's only like five main what characters. about the pregnant woman okay maybe she didn't what about the dwarf okay fine most of the main characters <laughs> appeared in <laughs> harry potter i mean mad-eye moody fleur delacour colin farrell was in fantastic, fantastic beasts and uh Ray 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 so it's yeah. a lot it's a lot of harry potter happening here. yeah that's all i'm saying yeah yeah yeah. anyway so yeah he meets her manages to charm her into agreeing to go on a date with him the next night it's weird how he does it yeah it's uh, just uh, he's uh, just being a doofus but he's so i guess he's so pretty you know I mean, he, he he just talks about why um about dwarfs that he's heard of who would like to commit suicide because they're dwarfs very charming it's yeah. a bizarre conversation that he's going down you can see it in his face he's like why am i saying this yeah. well, i can't stop now yeah he's, he's committed to the, <laughs> to the bit yeah 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 because uh, the the film that they've the film set they've wandered into it mm. stars a little person mm-hmm. called jimmy and colin farrell is fascinated by this he's mm. clearly never seen a little person in his life so he's just very much like they're shooting a midget they're shooting a midget mm. like this will be hilarious like, yeah. 
<laughs> so and yeah he's very much into that and uh yeah so fr- that's how that's his way in to talk mm-hmm. to this woman who seems just charmed by it but yeah no i didn't love her character i don't think this film was i think this film definitely no. doesn't do well for women i thought that it, I, the I, pregnant I, woman was a pretty good character but she's only like she's not really a character as she's much. not in it that much no she doesn't get but no she has a big moment at the end yeah and that's really that's really good that, that's a great scene she yeah. yeah but but clary's character is the belgian love interest it's it's such a wet girlfriend mm. role where she's just like inexplicably in love with ray after like five minutes yeah it's like i like i i bought her when she was conning him yeah when, i, was, when, I when, wanted when, more of that yeah but but then after that she's like oh you can take all my money it's fine like when, when she bails yeah. him out and he's like oh thanks for bailing me out chloe and she's like it's fine don't even worry about it it's like, like oh st- you're so wet yeah like i stole, your, I stole your drugs yeah you stole she, he stole from you he shot your boyfriend in the eye yeah we'll get to that <laughs> and he's kind of an idiot like yeah, how handsome can one person be that you need very to just, handsome well yeah very handsome yeah. <laughs> and also it's a bit disappointing because in three billboards like francis mcdormand's character is so good mm, yeah so the fact that this film has no particularly good female characters just it's a bit disappointing but whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i certainly would like a bit more from her sure yeah so he meets her, sees the little person, and then they go for a date the next night. Yeah, I love this date. So actually, well, first you're skipping ahead a bit there. So sure. they agree to go on a date. Yes. But it turns out that when him and Brendan Gleeson had been out, uh, Harry called. Yes. And left a message with who he thought was the secretary, but it's actually the, like, the co-owner of the hotel. Just put a little note at the bottom. And yeah. It's kind of cute, and especially the way that Brendan Gleeson just went and apologized. Just like, Harry, he's he's and then she says a cock yeah 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 because he's left this like very just explosive strew and like fucking fuck you why the fuck weren't yeah. you uh you know yeah and so she's had to write all this down to, to, to the last fuck yeah and obviously he's quite embarrassed yeah so, yeah yeah well, poor poor lady yeah i know like, what she what did she do to deserve this she's just trying to run her damn business yeah. while yeah. also being pregnant like, yeah she's got a lot going on she doesn't need yeah. this shit yeah <laughs> i mean of, of the different characters in this film that take a lot of shit she gets a pretty light serving oh sure yeah people there are certainly people who have a worse time in this film but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she's also not a criminal like she's not no in this yeah world. like all the others are either criminals or racists or whatever so you yeah know. <laughs> yeah or both but yeah in fact literally they all are yeah they, they're they, they're literally all criminals yeah in different ways yeah she's the only just regular person in this film Apart from the uh, apart from the dwarf who just takes some drugs. Yeah, but he's racist, so you know. Oh, yeah, there's that. Yeah, yeah, sure. So yeah, they've 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 missed this message from Harry, which isn't great. So uh, then that evening, Colin Farrell does go on his date. He has to plead to go on his date, basically. Mm-hmm. While Brendan Gleeson does stay in, and he calls Harry back. Mm-hmm. And no, Harry calls him. He's just waiting for the call. All oh, right, sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Harry calls him and asks, "So is Colin Farrell there?" Mm-hmm. And Brennan Gleeson has you play the scene. He do, yeah, he does a whole bit, which is quite funny because all he yeah. had to say was no, but he's trying to like cover for him. So he says, yeah. "Oh yeah, he's just in the toilet." And there's this very strange. Back it goes, it goes on for so long, doesn't it's it? Like, is he doing a poo or a wee? Yeah. <laughs> is the door open? Is it closed? Like, <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah. And then he does this whole because he's committed to the fact that he's in the flat, even though he's not. Yeah. He does this whole bit about how oh I'm just gonna tell him he can go. Oh you can go. Yeah, go 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 wander around the town. Yeah, I'm sure there's a bowling alley. Have a look. Sure. Yeah. He's like, there's no bowling alleys in Bruges. I know, but it's what he wants to hear. Like, <laughs> it really gets involved. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but ultimately yes he gets his message from harry which mm. is which is that uh brennan gleason needs to kill colin farrell yes because they are hitmen i'm not sure if this is the point or if it happened a bit before that we get the flashback to what colin farrell actually did i think it's slightly before yeah so 
you see Colin Farrell in the confessional in the church. Mm-hmm. This is a flashback, yeah. yeah. In, a ch- in, in London, presumably, or mm-hmm. Ireland, I'm not sure. I don't know. Well, they, they've come from London. London, because he threw his gun in the Thames. Yes, you're right. They've come from London. But yeah. it's because they're all Irish, it confused me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's in the confessional. He's talking to the priest and he's confessing to murder. Mm-hmm. And the priest says, who did he murder? And he says, well, you, father. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he just commences shooting this, this guy up. Mm-hmm. Doesn't do a very good job. No, it's like, his, it turns out later it's his first hit, which is why he's so haphazard at it. Yeah. I mean, he, he did it in quite the stylistic way of like going into confessionals saying like, I need to confess to your murder. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit much. <laughs> but like the priest is like leaning his head against the wall, listening to him. Like He could have just done one shot. Yeah. Yeah. Like even after doing his bit of like telling him what, what he was going to do, yeah, it would be quite easy to, to make that headshot. Yeah, but... his first shot is like in the crotch. It's not even, yeah. in the, just do a headshot, just finish him off. Yeah. yeah like well, why? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he pretty much... He probably like completely em- empties his his clip yeah, he, into this guy. Yeah, he he fired seven times because I always count when people fire six pellet right, shotguns. Right, right, right. I think there were seven shots. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, a lot of the, like the the priest does manage to get up and crawl to a doorway, and mm-hmm. um, he he stands up in the doorway. Colin Farrell shoots him multiple times in the back, like through the chest, and the bullets exit out the other side. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh god, that was a bit much, like. Mm-hmm just watching this film that so far hasn't had a gunshot or anything yeah and then suddenly there's this loud shoot-up scene and uh then the camera just sort of moves around and you see that uh in the room that the priest was just entering that the bullets were flying into there was a kid just praying like a little six-year-old cute little boy yeah, yeah. and like on this piece of paper he said Oh, it's, it's so sad what he's written. Horrible. <laughs> Is it, well, he was like next in line for confession, basically, after Colin Farrell. Yeah. And so his, he's written down his three sins. And yeah. it's like not doing my maths homework, being angry, being sad. Yeah. It was being angry. What am I thinking? It was something like benign, like being mean or being angry yeah. or whatever. And then and the no, being, being sad. sad. I was like, oh, man. And then this thing, this, this piece of paper is then covered in blood yeah. and brains and... Mm. Oh, it's horrible! It's, it's like it's, it, yeah, it's rough, and the camera doesn't shy away. No, not at all. No. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a very very hard hitting scene, and uh, I mean, it completely sets up the film, and then it gives you like a perfect understanding of why Colin Farrell is so miserable all the time. Yeah, he's wracked with guilt. Yeah, and to finish off that scene, Brendan Gleeson comes in and just takes Colin Farrell away, and they run away. Yeah, the priest, by the way, was uh, played by Kieran Hines, mm-hmm. uncredited cameo. Yeah, he's. Yeah. Not in it for a long scene. No, he's in that one scene, but he's not even credited. It's it's just a little weird, uncredited cameo. Yeah. So, mm. Weird. It doesn't matter. Uh, yes. So that's why Hen- Harry, not Henry. Mm. That's why Harry wants wants Brendan Gleeson to kill Colin Farrell because yeah. shooting a kid is against the code. Yeah. And as it turns out, Harry is a very very much about his uh, his morals and his mm-hmm. even though he's a gangster and he's a hitman. He's very much about his principles, and mm. one of the principles is you don't kill kids. Yeah. And even though Colin Farrell killed a kid by accident, that doesn't matter. He has broken the code. He must be put mm-hmm. down essentially. So he tells, and it turns out that the reason he t- he sent Ray and Harry to hide out in Bruges mm. was that he wanted Ray to have one nice memory before he he died, basically. Yeah. And so then there's, then there's some quite funny back and forth where Brendan Gleeson's like, "Well, I don't really think Bruges is his cup of tea, to be honest." Like, what, what the fuck do you mean? Like, <laughs> I sent him for his last good memory. What do you mean it's not his cup of tea? And he's like, well... It's like a fucking fairy tale. Yeah, it's a fucking fairy tale. Exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then just like walk it back. It's like, well, yeah, but he didn't like it at first, but now now he loves it. It's great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so now he's been instructed to kill his friend mm-hmm. and he's really depressed about it. He doesn't yeah. want to do it. He feels really shit about it. Yeah. And he goes 
to a bar and drown a classic like speakeasy kind of bar and drowns mm-hmm. his sorrows. Yeah, props up the bar. Meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, Colin Farrell has been having the uh, quite the exciting date. The date with um, the Belgian lady Chloe. Yeah. Yeah. So they so they start off just in a restaurant. Um, they don't ordered food yet. She's smoking, even though it is in the smoking area. So mm-hmm. I guess that's technically okay. That's a weird thing when you go. Have you noticed that when you go to Europe, where a lot of the places, I don't know if it's still true in Belgium, mm. but I, mean, I noticed it when I was in Vienna a few years ago. They don't have the indoor smoking ban. No, right. It's so weird because we've been had the indoor well, your, pretty much all of your adult life. Like for well, me, it was yeah, like, definitely. For me, it was like I think it came in like when I was like twenty or something, mm-hmm. eighteen, twenty. I definitely when I was a student first coming to pubs, you everyone smoked. Not mm-hmm. me, I've never smoked, but. You'd come out and you'd coat your clothes would be stinking. I smoke. Mm. It's weird now when I remember when I go, would go to Vienna. I'd walk into like a club and like three people in the club smoking it. And you'd because back in the day you'd just like it was normal. You wouldn't think mm. about it. Now you'd be like, excuse me, yeah. what yeah. the what do you think you're doing? Like yeah. you get very offended by it. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's weird. Yeah, it's a weird thing to think about. Mm. But yeah, so she, so she is smoking, and then she goes to the toilet, and mm. then this Canadian on the table next to them. Mm-hmm. Um, who is just credited as Canadian man. Yeah. Um, he's on a date with his girlfriend or wife yeah. or whatever, yeah. Who has literally none of the Canadian stereotypes. No. Well, he's not he's not nice and polite. So, no. you know. <laughs> he's not nice and polite, doesn't 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 say things like a boot. No. Um so uh he then says, Well, that's just fucking useless or, or whatever. He I, mutters something under his breath about how rude she is, yeah. Yeah. Uh fucking typical. And yeah, then Colin Farrell just says like, "Oh, that's fucking typical. We're in the smoking area." Yeah, and and Canadian just goes off on one, and then Colin Farrell just punches him in the face. Yeah, knocks him to the ground, mm-hmm. potentially unconscious. Don't know. Um, the the Canadian man's girlfriend then sort of swings a bottle at Colin Farrell, which he ducks out of the way of because mm-hmm. clearly he's experienced. Yeah, um, and then he just knocks her out. He as just well. punches her square in the face. Yeah, yeah I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is a whoa moment. It's like it's like. Yeah. Whoa! He just like knocked a woman out in a single punch, and this is the the guy we're rooting for. Yeah. And then he he does make the point that like, oh, I'd never hit a woman. I'd hit a woman if she tried to bottle me. Yeah. Which like, okay, I see that you started the fight, but yeah, I see I see that. I mean, first I still wouldn't hit a woman, <laughs> even if she was throwing a bottle at me. I think I'd like run away. Yeah. But sure, yeah. It's it's again, it's it's a sign of the weakness of the girlfriend character, where he's like, oh, I wouldn't hit a normal woman normally, and she's like, oh, okay, I still love you. <laughs> like oh come on yeah this is a bit yeah yeah well i mean she she works she, in a rougher world anyway she is so. also a drug dealer so yeah. sure yeah she doesn't actually care but yeah at least they just do more of that where she was like i don't give a fuck but instead she's just like oh you're so charming yeah it's just yeah it's not the fact that she forgives him for punching a woman it's more like they could have made that part of the joke that she's a horrible person too and she's like yeah. i don't give a i don't care who you punch mm. but no it's more that she's just like mooning over him and it's just like oh mm. this isn't very rewarding no. <laughs> but, yeah. oh, we don't hit women I would never hit a woman, Chloe. I'd hit a woman who was trying to hit me with a bottle. That's different. That's self-defense, isn't it? Or a woman who could do karate. We'd never hit a woman generally, Chloe. Don't think that. God, you're pretty. I have to make a call. Oh, no. You've gone off me now, haven't you? Just because I hit that fucking cow. But yeah, he punches that woman square in the face and then he's like, oh, I've ruined the date now. You're never going to like me now. I've punched mm-hmm. a woman. And she's like, no, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And then they go back and have sex mm-hmm. in her apartment. Yeah. And they're interrupted by her boyfriend, ex-boyfriend. Something, yeah. Partner in crime. Yeah. Who, it's kind of like that scene at the beginning of that really boring uh, Will Smith movie you made me watch. Um, <laughs> uh, with Margot Robbie. Focus. Uh, focus. Focus, where it's like a... 
it's like a con thing they've got where he yeah. breaks in and holds a gun to Colin Farrell's head and's like, "You're sleeping with my girlfriend. Give me all your money." Mm-hmm. And then Colin Farrell just fights back, basically. Yeah, grabs the gun off him, punches him in the head, uh, and then shoots him in the eye. Well, the, the guy then says that gun's not got any bullets in it; it's just full of blanks. That's it. Yes. So that's how he can shoot him in the eye. And then he shoots him square in the eye, which yeah, yeah blinds him because blanks are not harmless; they're just not bullets. Yeah, they'll they'll still <laughs> they'll still fucking kill you. Yep. That actually, do you know actually uh, an actor died on a movie? He was oh. on a movie set with a gun, like an action movie. Mm. With, with, it's one of those famous like Darwin Awards, like stupidest ways to die. Um, <laughs> doing a scene with guns and the guns mm-hmm. were filled with blanks for the purposes of this scene. Mm. And so this guy was like messing around on set. And he was like, oh, hey, hey. And he put a gun to his temple and just shot himself in the st- square in the temple mm. with a gun filled with blanks and just died instantly because wow. it shattered his temple because it's still something hitting you. You know, mm. it's not nothing. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow, blanks are not safe. <laughs> just just a little PA for anyone who's listening who doesn't yeah. know that. Just because a gun's full of blanks doesn't mean you can shoot it at things. Yeah. You're still going to hurt or kill someone. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so he, he, he shoots the boyfriend in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, the boyfriend is pretty much disabled, let's, mm. let's say. Um, and this. Instantly blinded. Yeah. And again, it's like it's quite funny. Like the... Um, He's like, oh my God, I can't see. And he's like, I need to go to the hospital. And the girlfriend's like, okay, I'll take you. And mm. then Colin Farrell says, oh, well, I guess that means our date's over. I guess I've screwed this up by mm. shooting your boyfriend in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh no, no, stay as long as you want. And I'm like, come on, Chloe. Yeah. This is ridiculous now. Yeah. Yeah. I got really annoyed at her. I know Beast and a Dead Horse, but I got really annoyed at her character. Just come on. Mm-hmm. Have some kind of personality. Yeah. So he stays for a bit, very quickly accidentally finds her, her stash of drugs. And steals them, yeah. Um, also finds a box of live bullets, mm-hmm. um, which he then fills the gun up with. Yes. Just in case. I don't know why he kept the gun. I don't know what he was, at this point, what he was thinking. I think he just wanted to be safe. Yeah. Oh, no, he tries to commit suicide the next Oh, day. yes, that was it, of course. So, yes. <laughs> Major quite an, plot point. Quite an important <laughs> plot point, that, yeah. <laughs> Although it turns out he could have done it with blanks. Yeah, still would have killed him, but yeah. Well, you know, better, better, better safe than sorry. You sure, don't, you don't, you don't want to half commit no, suicide. No, yeah. that's 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 the worst. No, sure. Yeah. Um, Ask Brendan Gleeson when he jumps off that tower. <laughs> 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 Get a midsummer flashback on that. Very much so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he 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 takes the drugs and he goes back to the bar mm-hmm. where. Uh, well, first of all, I think Brendan Gleeson. Do you speak to Brendan Gleeson? Yes, yeah, he does. yeah, because Brendan Gleeson's propping up this bar. He's he's just so miserable about the fact that he's got to kill Colin Farrell. Yeah, he's had like four pints in twenty minutes, and yeah. he's just like fully drowned in his sorrows in a very Irish way. So mm-hmm. yeah, oh, I tell you what, it's hard not drinking when on film you're watching people drink beautiful Belgian beer. Yeah, are you just not drinking ever at the moment? Are you just fully teetotal? Yeah, at the moment, yeah. How long is this gonna last? I don't like it. <laughs> Uh, on a on a, I'm not gonna drink on a regular basis. Okay, I'll probably have a drink at like Christmas and that. Oh wow, what a rock and roll star you are! <laughs> Christmas. Well, I'm tired of being hungover once a week. Okay, it's a lot. I think cutting it out is probably the right road to go to cutting down. Okay, because then I want to have one beer. I won't be inclined to have five more. Unless you just have that first beer and then you're like, oh my god, I miss it so much, and then you're just like glug glug glug, which is often <laughs> what happens. So. <laughs> Well, we'll see. I don't know. Sure. So, yeah, Brendan Gleeson, he's drunk like four pints in the last 20 minutes. Sure, yeah. And uh, and then Colin yeah, Farrell comes yeah, in, yeah, off Col- his tits on cocaine. Yeah, Colin Farrell walks in just saying, like, I, I, found, I found five grams of cocaine. No, he's I, had one gram of cocaine. No, no, he's got I, four in his pocket. I was, was going to say, I found five grams of, of cocaine. Mm-hmm. I've still got four of them. Yeah. <laughs> 
and yeah, he's just talking very fast and he's he's doing high acting very well it's very no it's it's very funny yeah yeah it's great a lot of great physical comedy yeah and, and he, uh he after finishing talking to brendan gleason he, he, he walks over well to, he offers brendan gleason a line oh yeah and brendan gleason's like you know what yes yeah i'm having a shit weekend I'll I'll do it. So he takes he takes a pout he he takes the coke yeah. and goes to the toilet to sniff it. Yeah. And while he's in the toilet, um, Colin Farrell walks over to go like upstairs or something. Mm. And just at the bottom of the stairs, there's a couch, and there is uh, the dwarf and 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 a prostitute and as, a prostitute as, 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 the dwarf. As, as he as he has already said to Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, they've already had a conversation. So Jimmy the dwarf from the film has come to this bar and he's brought a prostitute that he hired from Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. And yeah. They're making and, out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Colin Farrell just kind of looks at them for a bit and then just like pokes Jimmy just in the back of the head. Um, and it takes like two proper pokes. Yeah, he just tries to yeah. ignore him. He's like, I'm just going to pretend this isn't happening. Yeah. And then he had this whole conversation about like, why does your girlfriend look like a prostitute and stuff like that? And or no, no, wait, what does he say? Oh, where's your girlfriend from? Oh, Amsterdam. Oh, isn't that just full of prostitutes? And she's like, yeah, that's why I came here for better business. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then he, then Colin Farrell just so immaculately delivers. You two are weird. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to get high? Yeah. <laughs> and so, then Brendan Gleeson just appears over his shoulder. Yeah, I was gonna say it's, maybe the the hardest I laugh in this whole film is when Brendan Gleeson, like Colin Farrell's <laughs> already staring at these two, and he's got his like he's boss eyed because he's so high. Yeah. And then you just see Brendan Gleeson's face just like crop up <laughs> over his shoulder, and he's also just like fully like yeah boss eyed with he's just like got those. How the how he managed to do this like coked up look like it's so good it's so funny yeah. he doesn't say a word it's just no, his face no. it's just his face he is a, it's it's hilarious it really made me laugh yeah. <laughs> um yeah and so the four of them go up um and they go up to a bedroom yeah, yeah and another prostitute just appears out of thin air is, if, if if you notice in a, in yes a, no there is a second prostitute you're right yeah there. and uh, yeah now they're all high and the conversation gets way more inappropriate. Yes, well, it turns out that Jimmy the Dwarf is a racist drug addict. Yeah. He, he starts going on and on about how there's going to be a race war. It's going to be the blacks versus the whites. Mm -hmm. And Colin Farrell's like, well, I want to fight with the blacks. Mm -hmm. And then we get a little bit of backstory for Brendan Gleeson. He says, well, I was married to a black woman and she got murdered. So what side am I supposed to be on? Yeah. So, yeah. And it's all very it's weird. Yeah. it's Because there's just a lot of things that are said that are just like, I'm not enjoying this, but I am. Oh, I think this movie like, like, does a like, very good job of balancing the comedy with like moments when you genuinely like feel the emotion of the scene. Yeah. And I, I think it's also probably down to it's good writing and it's also the fact that it's got like Brendan Gleeson's an amazing actor. Mm -hmm. And yes, yeah, so that bit where he talks about his wife is very powerful. Mm. But then also I laughed maybe the second biggest laugh I had in the film was when he goes, Two manky prostitutes and a racist dwarf. <laughs> and he just walks out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I laughed so much at that line. Yeah. So good. Because also, what's wrong with those two prostitutes? They're fine. No, they're not done like, like, nothing wrong, but just his, one like, of them had one line. <laughs> yeah, no, they're fine, but it's just like just the exhaustion in which he delivers that line. Yeah. Two manky prostitutes and a racist dwarf. I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. This film is hilarious. It's so funny, yeah. I really enjoyed this. I'm so glad I picked it. Yeah. Two monkey hookers. And a racist dwarf. I think I'm heading home. Yeah, and so we'll cut to the next day. Mm -hmm. Well, Ken goes and collects a gun from one of Harry's gangland associates, mm -hmm. which is the alcove guy. Yeah, who I felt was supposed to be a bigger character. Yeah, it was just one of those, you know, quirky supporting characters. Yeah, because like, he comes back later in the film 
And then yeah. they've got in-jokes about him later. And I'm like, well, well I read sure, it. I didn't really get that. Yeah. I was reading, as I always do, like the IMDb mm. trivia afterwards. And like the, I also did the Wikipedia plot summary just so I made sure I had not missed anything. Yeah. Apparently he's supposed to be Chloe's boyfriend, the blind guys. The, the guy who gets shot in yeah. the face. He's supposed to be his dad. I did not get that at all. No, I was wondering why that guy was there. No, I just assumed because all the gangsters I'd, in Belgium spend just hang out in the same places. I'd, but, I'd yeah. assumed that like he was also getting a gun to try and kill. Yeah, exactly. Like, but, but apparently that's whole a whole relationship that was not explored in the film. But mm. sure, yeah, yeah, okay. So, but anyway, Ken. Is this based off a book or anything? No, this is an original. Okay. Uh, Martin McDonough, who wrote this in Free Billboards, he's written a lot of plays, so he's he's good at writing. Like, I was, th- I was thinking you stuff. could really tell. Yeah, this this would be this would be a play, really, definitely, because it's like I said, it's just. Two characters for the most part, and then a third one at the end. So yeah, yeah, and a, a bunch of side and characters. Ca- here and the there. side and, characters can and, lift and out. The, there's no side characters that are ever just ignored. No, no, everyone has an other important part to play. Other than maybe like the fat American people at the start. Mm. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about that. We'll, oh, we'll come back to it. Drinking games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I don't maybe that was the most I laughed. I laughed a lot. I, I laughed think. A lot. I think that from the first time I watched that years ago, I've. I've forgotten lots of this film yeah. um i think that was the that was the joke that stuck with me yeah you'll never fit up there you guys are fucking elephants yeah. <laughs> it's what just it's it's not so much that it's, it's then when he like when the guy when the, the american guy starts chasing him, he's like oh fuck off fatty yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so funny it's horrible it's awful but it's really it's just, horrible it's just it i think colin farrell acts the character like the character is a little kid yeah. and i think that's what makes it so charming because he's yeah. being really rude to people and really means people a lot in this film whether it be the fat Americans or the dwarf mm. or, you know, anyone, but he always delivers it like he's just a, a 10-year-old boy mm-hmm. it trapped in a 35-year-old man's body. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what makes it really charming. You just can't help but be like, oh. And I love how that scene finishes with Brendan Gleeson coming out, just like, oh, guys, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dream of doing that. You know, the corridors are way too thin. Yeah. And they're just like, <laughs> fuck off. And like, he actually means it genuinely. Yeah, he's, he's just, just being nice. He's yeah. just trying to be nice. Just like, don't, yeah. And then did he clock that they came the back? Call to back, it? Yeah, 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 like yeah. A, an American had a heart attack at the top. Like, yeah, that is that guy had a shit day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! But yeah, where were we? Um, so yeah, Ken collects the gun. Brendan Gleeson collects the gun, and goes to do it. Because I, I can tell you that stairway is very thin. Really, it yeah. is very. I'm trying to pass somebody, it's pretty much impossible. Mm. During COVID times, it must be closed. Sure, uh, I'm sure it is. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure the. I'm sure the guy behind the counter is not letting anyone through yeah. the door. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he gets the gun and he goes to do what he's been told to do, which is to mm. kill Colin Farrell. But he's mm-hmm. not feeling good about it, but no. it's what he's been told to do. So he does. He goes looking for him. He finds Colin Farrell sitting. He finds Colin Farrell sitting on a park bench, mm-hmm. and he kind of approaches from behind. He's mm-hmm. like, "I'm really sorry, Ray." Points a gun at the back of his head. Yeah. Just as he's about to potentially pull the trigger, mm-hmm. Ray pulls a gun out of his own pocket mm-hmm. and goes to shoot himself in the temple. Yeah. I don't know why I'm doing so much... So much miming. miming just for me. Just for your benefit, but yeah. that's how I'm choosing to explain it. Right. And so instinctively, Brendan Gleeson is like, no, and he stops him from committing suicide. Mm-hmm. And then Colin Farrell turns, jumps, turns around and sees that... He's holding a gun. Yeah, so he immediately clocks oh my god you were gonna assassinate you're gonna kill me yeah and he's like well you're gonna kill yourself and he's like i'm allowed <laughs> <laughs> this film's got so many great jokes. it's got so many great lines it really the the, the, the script really pops it yeah. really sparkles yeah but then it, yeah again it cuts from this like that's really funny but then it gets very sad and yeah. then it's like then it's colin farrell fully breaks down he's you know how guilty he feels for the fact that he killed a little kid and mm-hmm. how he just wished he doesn't want to be alive anymore and then mm-hmm. 
Ray kind of tries to comfort, sorry, and then Brendan Gleeson tries to comfort him, and then they end up sitting on like the slides, and just like he's like literally cradling him in his arms, and yeah. just, he's he's crying, and he's like, and he says like, <laughs> he says this lovely thing, he's like, I killed a little boy, there's no coming back from that, and Brendan Gleeson says, well then save the next little boy, which is a lovely line, yeah. and then, and then Ray just goes, I just be a doctor for that, I don't, there's exams, I can't do that, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that could have been the start to, like, a superhero movie. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but no. <laughs> but then, ultimately, Brendan Gleeson is, like, he convinces Colin Farrell not to kill himself, and he's like, look... He explains, obviously, that he's been told to kill him. He's like, look, mm. Harry's told me to kill you. I'm going to give you this money. Get a train. Don't tell me where you're going. Mm-hmm. Just go and start a new life. Don't yeah. go back to London for at least seven years. Just travel around Europe. Make a yeah. new life for yourself. Go. Puts him on a train. And then he, he phones Harry mm-hmm. and, and, and just... Rather than try and hide it, he's like, look, here's the deal. Listen to this. This is the sound of the trains. That's Ray getting away. I've let him go. I don't care. If you want to come and kill me, I'm going to stay in Bruges. Yeah. That's the situation. Yeah. It's a fucking fairy tale here. Yeah. <laughs> Hangs up. Great. And then that's when we first and see And we Ray finally Fiennes. get in a proper introduction to Ray Fiennes. What an introduction it is. Ray Fiennes doing a spot on Danny Dyer impersonation. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a full the, Danny Dyer the accent. The only person doing an accent in this film, it seems. Yeah. No, because, yeah, the other two are legit Irish. Like I, I said at the start of the film when I was watching it, just like, it's nice to watch a film where, where actors are just allowed to do whatever accent they want to, mm-hmm. as in sure. their basic accent. Sure, yeah. And then suddenly Ray Fiennes come in and I'm like, oh. Doing the most. Okay. Yeah, doing the biggest accent. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like, like having fun with it though. It's a lot of fun, but he's not just doing Cockney, he's doing full Danny Dyer Cockney. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so he starts off just getting angry at his phone and just starts smashing his phone against the desk yeah. and then like bits of it fall off the desk he picks them up again and then just starts stabbing the phone with the yeah with he's the, just having with, a, he's with, having with a tantrum receiver. yeah yeah it's it's great it looks like it's christmas morning like <laughs> yeah, yeah. his family are just in the other room like his wife and two kids two or three kids mm. they're just like sat round the christmas tree waiting to open their presents yeah. and he's having like a, a full-on tantrum in his office yeah his wife walks in and says like Harry, it's a fucking inanimate object. Stop it. And then he just replies like, you're a fucking inanimate object. Um, which, it's, again, it's one of those things that just makes you laugh, but then like, oh, he's just, that's, this isn't fun. Oh, I don't know. That, 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 that insult it, is so absurd. I can't help but find that funny. Yeah. But then it's like, he says that he's got to go to Bruges. Yeah. He's got to go, go and he, and he like apologizes so really sincerely for being it's, so mean. Yeah. I loved it. The apology was so great. Yeah. He's like, I'm really sorry that I called you an inanimate object. I did not mean that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you you just know that he's called her loads of things over the past, and he's probably been to marriage counseling. And yeah. But, you know, like, they've, 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 they've had to work it out, and so now he, he's worked out how to apologize. Yeah. That, but that's the thing. Like, in an average, like, just run of the mill, bottom of the barrel kind of action, thriller, comedy, whatever, like, yeah. He, you'd, he'd have the tantrum and he'd fly off. You, the fact that he's, they have the apology scene and they leave that in the film, mm. that's why this film works because yeah. it like, gives them like proper whole characters where you're like, oh, he probably is actually, he, he does love his wife. He's not just some dick. Like, he mm. actually is, you know, much as he obviously says horrible things to her, mm-hmm. he's doing his best at this moment. Like he's, yeah. It gives the character, even the, these smaller characters just a little bit more of a backstory, which mm. I really liked. So, yeah. Yeah. I was wondering how much they were going to swear in front of the kids. I thought that was going to be a running joke. Yeah, yeah, sure. He was just going to use lots of really harsh swear words in front of them. But, uh, but not no. Not so much. Although about them later, but not too Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so he goes to Bruges mm-hmm. and very quickly meets up Brendan Gleeson. Yes. Um, they meet outside a bar. and Well, Brendan Gleeson's waiting for him in a, yeah. a, in a, in a public space. So he knows that Ray finds Harry yeah. isn't going to just shoot him in the middle of a plaza. Yeah. 
So they sit down and have a beer together. A very tense beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they talk it out and the script really shines again. And It's like, great dialogue, yeah. I, I love the... They, they do this a lot from here on out where they just agree like, okay, well, let's go and shoot each other. This so- um, but like, we're, we're, like, we can't do it here, obviously. Yeah. There's people around. So like, should we go? Oh, let's go to the top of the tower. Mm. And like, there's so much between deciding that they, eat, they each want to kill each other mm. and getting to that point of where they actually try and kill each other. Mm. And they're both, nobody's, there's no deception going on. There's no secrets. No. It's like, it's interesting, the whole relationship between the three gangsters is very much like, well, these are the rules and these are the things that we do. Yeah. Because like later on when, um, jumping ahead a little bit, when Harry and Ray, Colin Farrell, are like in the hotel and the pregnant lady's not letting them have the shootout. And she's yeah. like, why don't you just both just like put your guns down and have an actual conversation? And, yeah. and Harry's like, we can't do that. This is the shootout. Like, yeah. this is, it's like, this is how it's done. Yeah. This is just how it works. Yeah. We're going to kill each other. That's just how things go. I loved it when Ray said at this point, can we just let the pregnant lady out of the hotel? Like, obviously, we don't want to shoot a pregnant lady. And yeah. Harry's like, yeah, sure, sure. I, pr- I promise not to shoot you until she's out of the hotel. Yeah. And then she's like, no, this is my hotel. Yeah. Go and have a shootout somewhere else. No, yeah, she was fabulous. Yeah. yeah. But, but we'll get to her. I, I love the way that she just puts her foot down on it and just like, nope, if if me being here is going to stop you shooting yourselves, I'm going to be yeah. here. She's a badass. She's yeah. an absolute badass. But yeah, but yeah to, we'll get to her. We'll fast rewind a little bit to yeah, the, yeah, this yeah. conversation. So yeah, it's... Brendan Gleeson and Ray Fiennes and that Brendan Gleeson basically explains why he let Colin Farrell go. And he's mm. like, look, he has potential to be a better person. Mm-hmm. He, he made a horrible mistake. It was his first ever hit job. He's not cut out for the life that we live. He can become a better person. You can become a bigger cunt. That's the thing. Yeah. He's like, he can become a better person. All you're going to do is get a fucking worse and become yeah. a bigger cunt. And he just does the whole, this whole thing. He's like, what are you going to do? You can just get, be a bigger cunt and have cunt kids. And he's like, Hey, don't talk about my cunt kids. He's like, fine, <laughs> fine. I'll take it back about the cunt kids. But you're still a cunt. Like, <laughs> It's great. It's just... <laughs> so good. It's so funny, yeah. Ken, if I had killed a little kid, accidentally or otherwise, I wouldn't have thought twice. I'd have killed myself on the fucking spot. On the fucking spot. I'd have stuck the gun in my mouth on the fucking spot. That's you, Harry. The boy has the capacity to change. The boy has the capacity to do something decent with his life. Excuse me, Ken. I have the capacity to change. Yeah, you do. You have the capacity to get fucking worse. Ah, oh, yeah, now I'm getting down to it. Harry, let's face it. And I'm not being funny. I mean, no disrespect. But you're a cunt. You're a cunt now. You've always been a cunt. And the only thing that's going to change is you're going to become an even bigger cunt. Maybe you have some more cunt kids. Leave my kids fucking out of here. What have they done? You fucking retract that bit about my cunt fucking kids. I retract that bit about your cunt fucking kids. They insulted my fucking kids. That's going overboard, mate. I retracted it, didn't I? Still leaves you being a cunt. You fucking got that. But they, yeah, they agree to go up to the bell tower to mm-hmm. hash it out. Yeah. And then they get up to the top of the bell tower. Well, well, by this point, we've actually skipped over. Sorry. Um, so Colin Farrell on his train away from Bruges. Mm. The train stops seemingly in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And... Uh, Somebody, somebody walks down, like the, the conductor or somebody, he walks down the aisle, he finds Colin Farrell and says, like, is, are, you, are you Irish? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Colin Farrell makes up a fake, a very obviously fake name. Like, he even pauses, like, bef- before the surname. Yes. <laughs> he really sells it in his face as well, just like, you didn't buy that, did you? No, yeah. <laughs> and it turns out the Canadians have 
put out an arrest for him. Yeah, the Canadians who he punched in the restaurant on his date with Chloe yeah. are on the same train yeah. and they've spotted him. And so he gets arrested and taken back to Bruges. Yes, but Chloe bails him out of prison. Yeah, because she's a fucking pushover. And uh, they go for a date. Um, again, in, in the main town square. Yeah. Just across. Yeah, so they're oblivious to the fact that Harry and Brendan Gleeson are literally meters away from them. Yeah. You know? yeah. Completely oblivious. Yeah. So Brendan Gleeson and Ray Fiennes go up the top of the bell tower. And Brendan Gleeson is incredibly zen about his face. He's like, look, I'm not going to fight you. Mm-hmm. Like, I, if you want to kill me, kill me, but I'm not, I'm not fighting. Mm. And then he kind of disarms him by saying like, look, I know I called you a cunt just like five minutes ago, but actually I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bit yeah, of a yeah. bit of a turnaround, but he's like, look, I respect you and I love you and I'll take whatever's happen- going to happen. If you need to shoot me, shoot me, but I'm not going to kill you. I'm, yeah. I'm not interested in fighting. I understand that this is how it's got to be. Yeah. And he's just like completely zen. Mm-hmm. And then Ray finds is just like, well, I can't shoot you if you're going to be like that, can yeah. I? So, <laughs> And he just shoots him in the thigh instead. He's like, well, fine, I'll shoot him in the leg. You can't completely get away with this. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, shoots him in the leg at the mm. top of the tower. Yeah. Like, come on. No, he's not thought that through in the slightest. Shoot, like, shoot, shoot him in the arm or something. Yeah, well, then you see that he has to like carry him down. So yeah. he's clearly not thought it through particularly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they get like a short distance down the lots of stairs that that tower has. Yeah. Meanwhile, the the half blinded man who doesn't mm. like Colin Farrell is um, also there. This is a, such a great like you can movie moment when all these supporting characters suddenly just coalesce in the same place. Yeah. Because the, the the it's probably worth mentioning the dwarf always also shows up at this point. Oh yeah. Because he's still shooting the film, mm-hmm. but for this particular scene, he's dressed as a little boy in like yeah. a school outfit. Yeah. Which we'll come back in yeah. a little bit, but just. Put that out there. Yeah. Yes. And uh yeah, so the half blind man runs up the stairs and says, Colin Farrell's down there. He's just down there, just having just just having dinner with a woman. Yeah. And so then Ray Fines and Brendan Gleason. Brendan Gleason. We've got a problem with names here. Mm. So yeah, Ray Fines and Brendan Gleason, they look at each other and they instantly start fighting again. Yeah. To try and kill each other again. Mm-hmm. Um because they they each know that Ray Fiennes is going to try and kill Colin Farrell, yeah. and Brendan Gleeson doesn't want that to happen. Yeah, it's like they have no—they have no real argument with each other. They mm. seem like they're like old, old friends, mm-hmm. but they're both fully committed to their positions. Which yeah. is, Brendan Gleeson is like the kid has to be let go, and Ray Fiennes is like the kid has to die. Yeah, and so they're both completely intractably set on those motions. And so when they realize that he's literally just outside, and one of them has to either win or lose, mm-hmm. they immediately start fighting. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, they, they start, start wrestling over this gun and it doesn't go Brennan Gleason's way because he's already weakened. Yeah. Um, and uh, he gets shot in the neck. Yeah. And yeah, there's this blood He's bleeding out yeah. everywhere. But like, he, he's not dead, but he's he's not got long for this world. Yeah, he's, yeah. And so then Ray Fiennes just rushes off downstairs. Brennan Gleason thinks for a minute and he picks up the gun and then just starts crawling up the stairs. Yeah. And really good bit it's of the a movie. great yeah it's very emotive i mean give me an old an old irish ballad because it plays like what, <laughs> yeah, it what's the song it's like it's a really famous one it's like it's not it's not like oh danny boy but it's in it's in that it's in that vibe yeah. you know yeah, yeah yeah and yeah you know i've I've, I've i'm irish stuff like that always gets me you know? yeah. So, yeah. um yeah yeah, so he, go, he, he goes up to the top of the tower and he, mm. he he's, he's thinking that, like, you know, maybe I can shoot Ray Fiennes as he comes out the bottom. No, I think he knows immediately what he has to do. Well, because then he looks down and he sees that it's all foggy down there. Oh, is, okay, and, maybe, okay. And, and, and so then he's... Because, like, earlier in the film, he does point his hand down there, like, as though he's pretending to shoot somebody. Oh, sure. Okay, so yeah. I think he was just thinking, like, could I... He's a hitman. He's could I do that, this. yeah. Sure. Could I do this? Mm. 
So yeah, there's, then there's fog and he's like, well, great, I can't do that. Yeah. So instead, he stands up on the wall of the... Uh, at the top of the tower mm-hmm. and this uh, is definitely where there's now a barrier at this tower just so yeah <laughs> there's no question about it <laughs> and he just like drops lots of change out there just to make sure that there's no tourists mm. at his landing spot did you notice that even that this is how well scripted this film is even the bit with the coins is mm. a callback to something else is it because do you remember early in the film when he goes to when he first tries to go up the tower mm. and he's like i don't have a, i don't have five euros i've got oh, four yeah, yeah. four ninety and he's like let me count my coins yeah and he puts all his little coins on the thing yeah and the grumpy belgian like guy is like mm-hmm. it's five dollars it's five euros mm-hmm. not a penny more or less mm-hmm. he's like i've got four dollars ninety come on or yeah. four euros ninety and he's like five euros and he's like are you happy with the job that you do <laughs> and he walks out that's why he's got so many coins because he couldn't get rid of them. Yeah. It's just so well scripted. <laughs> Loved it. I love all that. Yeah. 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 Anyway, carry on. Um, yes. Yeah, so he drops the coins just so there's nobody standing at the bottom. Yeah. And then he jumps himself. Ooh, this was gross. You, you see everything. He you? falls so, like so, a so, sack so, of spuds. So, so first of all, you, you see from his point of view, mm. jumping off the tower. I love that he straightens his tie before he goes. Yeah. Just little touches like that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so you, you see, you see, for the, you see the first person shot of falling off the tower mm-hmm. and then you see Colin Farrell uh, witness him land yeah yeah witness him land and just like the blood spurt his, out his legs his are shattered his whole body like yeah he, he, it is like that scene in Midsommar his entire body just like is yeah. f- destroyed yeah. yeah completely shattered yeah I say, yeah, Colin Farrell goes over to him and he's, st- he's got some last words to say yeah he warns him that Harry is in the vicinity yeah and he's like i've got a gun in my inner pocket take it yeah <laughs> no. gun is ruined the gun, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i love that of all the last lines you know like you know famous last mm. words i love that his last line of dialogue is like i'm gonna die now yeah <laughs> he just, it's, a, it's a really good it's last a line, great last line yeah because yeah. I mean, clearly he is but like yeah yeah, yeah. it's and it's such good acting mm. like i'm really i mean i know colin farrell's like the breakout in this and that mm-hmm. it's more showy but Brendan Gleeson is so amazing in this film. Mm. Like really, like because how many times have you seen a film where, in an action movie where someone like gets shot and they're like they're just like oh it's my last words oh I'm gonna die it's like yeah. oh and it, it's so cheesy you know yeah, like when yeah, they're yeah. like you know they they just get their big monologue out and then mm-hmm. they just go ah. you know it's rubbish. <laughs> like he really acts himself dying in a way that I was very much believing it. Yeah, like, he's like I'm gonna die now and then it feels like he does. Like, yeah, his, enti- his entire body just cha- it's it's just his entire body changes. It's great. Mm. Yeah. Big respect to Brendan Gleeson. Yep. Great, great actor. Yep. One of, the, one, of the, one of the better death scenes in movies. Absolutely. Yeah, one yeah. of the best. Definitely. So, yeah, then at this point, Ray Fiennes uh, walks out of the bottom and Colin Farrell sees him and just runs for it. Mm-hmm. They have a bit of a shootout, but Colin Farrell gets away. Runs back to the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Runs back to the hotel, uh, runs up to their room and finds his gun in one of the drawers. Yes. And so then that's where we get to the scene of they're going to have a shootout in the hotel, but mm-hmm. the pregnant lady's there. And so she's yeah. like, not in my hotel. Yeah. And so then they, they have this great conversation, just like, all right, okay, so you know what? I'm going to go and jump out the back window there and swim across the canal and see if I can get away. And then yeah. you can shoot at me from there. Yeah. I think it's also because Colin Farrell is determined that he's not going to kill another kid. And obviously because she's pregnant. Yeah. It's like, there's no way we're going to have this shootout. They've both and, got and, like, and, and, and like high this, morals. Yeah. yeah. And like this point, Ray Fiennes has said the same thing. Just like, yeah, well, if I kill the kid, then I'd put a gun on my own mouth and shoot myself. Yes, there which is obviously spot. very important for later. But yeah. Yeah. They're both determined that there's no way. But I mean, this pregnant lady doesn't know that they're not going to shoot her. She's just being badass as shit. 
Yeah. Well, she's just like, no, not in my fucking hotel. I'm not going anywhere. You guys can sort this out on your own time, but not yep. in my hotel. Yep. And she's just literally sat on the stairs and they're just having this quite funny back and forth. Like, oh, would you promise that if you run out that you're going to run into the canal yeah. and you're not going the other way? <laughs> Which way is the canal? It's to the fucking right. There's only one canal. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big canal. It's great dialogue. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I suppose you got a gun out there. Yeah. Well, what are we going to do? We can't stand here all night. Why don't you both put your guns down and go home? Don't be stupid. This is the shoot-in. Harry, I've got an idea. What? My room faces onto the canal, right? I'm going to go back to my room, jump into the canal, and see if I can swim to the other side and escape. All right. If you go outside and round the corner, you can shoot at me from there and try and get me. That way we leave this lady and her baby out of the whole entire thing. You completely promised to jump in the canal. I don't want to run out there, come back in ten minutes and find you fucking hiding in a cupboard. I completely promise, Harry. Not going to risk having another little kid die, am I? So, hang on, I go outside, then I go which way, right or left? You go right, don't you? You can see it from the doorway. It's a big fucking canal. All right, Jesus, I've only just got here, haven't I? Okay, on the count of one, two, three, go, okay? Okay. What? Who says it? Oh, you say it. You guys are crazy. And, uh, yeah, so he, he, go, he goes up to his hotel room and jumps out of the window, um, lands on a convenient ca- canal barge that's yeah. that's going away, but still manages to get shot by Ray Fiennes. Yes. Like, right through the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a good shot. It is, yeah. Um, I thought it was the driver that got shot, because it, it was, they, they showed it weirdly on, on film. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, no, not more collateral damage. <laughs> <laughs> but this film does have... A, very light amount of collateral damage. It does, yeah, because it's not and, like and anything that is collateral damage is that kid who gets murdered, and it's yeah, it's big. It's, it's important. Ne- yeah, it's never just like oh, just background. For, just oh, and also twenty civilians died. It's like mm. everyone who every death matters in this film. Yeah, definitely. every death matters for the plot. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Colin Farrell is shot, but he's alive. He manages to jump off the the barge mm-hmm. and stagger into the film set. Yes, where the the dwarf is still shooting his film dressed as a little boy. Mm-hmm. So so when you clocked what was going to happen by this point. No, actually, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, when it happened, I was like, oh, that makes sense. But yeah. I didn't guess it beforehand. Right, yeah. I think I, I, I guessed it just as we came onto the film set. Okay. I'd completely forgotten. I'd forgotten loads of this film. Like, I um, I forgot that Colin Farrell killed a kid. Sure, yeah. Um, wow, okay. It's been, like, what, three or four years since I last watched it. Mm-hmm. I just remember really enjoying it. And, uh, yeah, so it was just when we came onto the scene that I guessed that, like, okay, well, the, 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 the dwarf's going to go. Yeah, and Ray Fiennes is going to think it's a kid. And it also made sense how early in the film, for no real reason, they made the dwarf super racist. It's like, yeah, yeah, they didn't want us to feel too bad about the dwarf. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've made him. They've established him as a bad person. So, yeah. yeah, I really thought this was so beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. This scene when he's running through the film set and everyone's mm-hmm. in costume. Oh yeah, it's so good. Like because yeah. it look, it what, really what looks. What film like, were they doing? <laughs> it look, it kind of look, yeah. I don't know what the, the subject of this film is. Where the like because the dwarf's in like a schoolboy. He looks yeah. like little Jimmy Cranky. Yeah. Whereas all the other characters are in like old school, like medieval garb. Mm. But it looks really good. It, it adds to this very kind of religious. Because this a lot of the film has been Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson looking at like classic paintings of mm-hmm. hell and judgment and religion. Mm-hmm. And now it's like he's run into one of those paintings. Yeah. It's really yeah. got that, that that's the vibe. It's like he's run into judgment day mm. and everything looks a bit biblical mm-hmm. and it, it's really surreal. Mm. So I, I thought that was a really good thing. And then yeah, Ray fans catches up with him, shoots him, shoot, shoots him again in the back and mm. all the bullets go right Multiple through times, him. Yeah. And, uh, one of those bullets 
goes straight into the into the dwarf's face. We don't actually see it. No, but we see his head has basically been exploded. Yeah, enough that like it's not recognizable that he's not a child. Yeah. So that when Ray finds sees the body, he thinks he's killed a child. Yeah. And he says like, "Well, you've got to still stick to your morals." Just, just unthinkingly shoots himself in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Kills himself and, uh, instantly. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 that's it. Yeah. Well, then it ends with um, Colin Farrell still alive mm-hmm. although it ends very ambiguously mm. he gets taken into a, an ambulance and we and we get a voiceover from him where he kind of remin- he kind of ruminates on what it all means and he's yeah. like well maybe am i in, i mean am, am i in purgatory am i in hell is hell bruges <laughs> <laughs> and he's like but at the end of the day i decided i don't want to die yeah but, yeah yeah it's a great ending yeah it really very is. satisfying mm. yeah. and uh yeah, and the girlfriend cries by his side. I mean, fuck the girlfriend. She's <laughs> a terrible character, but but I but I enjoyed the end. I thought it ended really really well. Yeah, yeah, it did. It's a it just brought enough sort of umph to the to the climax of the film. There was a Definitely. lot going on. There was a lot of action, and it really works. In this it really felt satisfying. It really felt yeah. like it paid, even though it ends ambiguously. It wasn't like oh man, they're not going to tell us. It was like no, that's the right way for it to end. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's in brief. Good call, Harry. Two in a row films, I would say, close to 10 out of 10. Two genuinely great films. All right, should we do drinking games then? Mm-hmm. Although this film is very well suited. Absolutely, yeah. So first of all, drink every time anybody swears. Oh, sure. I mean, God, you it's, die. It, 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 it's, it's the standard drinking game for this, and, sure. and my God. it's a, Yeah, it's a pretty foul-mouthed movie. So yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a drink every time somebody, particularly Colin Farrell, says something problematic. I've got that too, yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there, we haven't talked about it. There's a lot of homophobia in this movie, which is the main reason I was a little bit conflicted on this movie because mm, it felt yeah. kind of unnecessary. Like yeah. it didn't serve the plot in any meaningful way. Yeah, like not all of the, not all of the offensive stuff in here is kind of sort of undone by being funny. No, not at all. Yeah, because it's not all funny. No, it's and just a lot of weird. it is just being offensive. I was just like. I wasn't like offended to my very core. I actually don't get offended very easily. Like no, and but it was just more like, why is this here? Yeah, like the scene when he shoots the guy in the eye, mm-hmm. and he's just like, I can't believe. It. In my day, all the all the bald guys weren't fucking puffers. It's just mm-hmm. like it's just very virulently homophobic. And it's like, what is this telling me? Mm. What what what? Why has this been inserted into the movie? Like, if it has a point, fine. But I didn't understand why it was there. Yeah, I I don't I don't think that was a deliberate thing. I think mm. that was. That was actually written as inappropriate. Mm. Or, sorry, that was actually inappropriately written. Sure. And by Pufter, they just meant wimp. Yeah, sure. And maybe, I don't know, maybe Irish people talk like that. I don't know. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I did notice that, like, for example, initially, when, when Colin Farrell meets Jimmy, the little person, mm-hmm. and he, he's like, oh, they're filming a midget, and he calls him a midget. Mm-hmm. And then Chloe, his girlfriend, says, oh, he prefers to be called a dwarf. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene later on when he's talking about the same guy. And he's, oh, the midget. Oh, sorry, I mean, the dwarf. Mm-hmm. Like he corrects himself and yeah. he, he betters himself he, he actually pays attention and I mean, that uses was... the language that he is preferred yes but that was in the same line when he said like it's you know it's it's tipped in the balance like a like a big fat black girl sitting on a seesaw yeah well that's with what a I midget mean... on the sorry a dwarf on the other side that's what I mean that, it's... That's, that's what he said it's like whoa yeah. that was one hell of a line yeah that's what I mean and it's that... weird yeah and there is one black woman in this and it's, I mean, and, it's and the it's, prostitute it's, who has no lines. It's prostitute yeah. number two, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. This film, I, I remember also finding that weird about three billboards. I don't think this guy, Martin McDonough, is very good on race because three billboards I'm kind of fine with because it's in it. It, it, it was set in a fairly white area, mm. and it was 
No, but it, I, I remember and, and, having and, like and, a and, black. It, I remember three billboards had two black characters who weren't connected, who randomly got together. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? You probably have to rewatch it. Oh, They're no, both no, like I, very minor. But no, I completely forgot there was. Any it's very, it's very it. minor, but it's also kind of awkward. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, there's just a lot of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it wasn't enough to ruin the film for me, but I was just like, I just don't understand exactly why this mm. needs to be here. Mm-hmm. Like, you could make them be foul mouthed and you know, rough around the edges without that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because it doesn't feel like he that informs the character in any positive kind of way. But, yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, whatever. Drink homophobia. Yeah. There. Might as well drink. And what, what else are you going to do with it? Sure. <laughs> drink for every creative insult. Oh sure. Yeah. What was I your favourite? Some of them are creative. Some of them are very uncreative. But that's where the creativity lies. Like sure. you're, you're cunting kids. Yeah. You're you're a fucking inanimate object. Did yeah. really make me laugh. I can't lie. It really made me laugh. It's just, a, just me, me too. It's to such honest, a petty yeah. thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you can't really dig down and be like, "Oh, that's really offensive." It's not. It's just so petty. It's like no. It's, like, it's what you say. You're like, I want to insult you. I can't think of an insult. I'll just, just mirror just what gonna, you said to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I am rubber. You are glue. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just any kind of insult that happens that's that just really makes you laugh, not just because of how how it was delivered, but just how it's written and yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah, I agree. There's a lot of that. Yeah, this film comes together very well. It very much does. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's a big one. Mm-hmm. Drink every time Colin Farrell shits on Bruges. <laughs> yeah, just, just says mean things about this. I was like, why? Having never been to Bruges, I was like, mm-hmm. why is he being so negative about this perfectly lovely little town? It looks yeah, pretty. I, yeah, huh? I don't get why you'd be so negative about it. Like, it's, it's yeah. I mean, it's 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 clearly he's just not happy there. It, but it's like, it's boring at the worst. Sure, yeah. But. I mean, this film really triggered my desire to go traveling because i've been obviously yeah, not same. been able to for like a year so like the scenes when he's on a train i was just, yeah, I was just like oh, oh to be on a train going through europe oh my god mm. god i sound so white no it's true but i'm the sounds <laughs> like just just to be in a foreign city just to be wandering around and have that freedom mm. just i would yeah i miss it i yeah. can't i can't wait till i can do it again next year so. yeah okay last one i've got is drink so if you've been there drink whenever you recognize the location okay drink for bruges tourism yeah, yeah. Very good. Bruges porn. What was your favourite part of Bruges? If, if there was one thing, if I was to go to Bruges tomorrow and I had time to do one thing, what me, what would you recommend me do in Bruges? Uh, <clears throat> we did a tour of a brewery. Okay, that sounds very you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it was it, it was really good because when they talk you, I mean, you could probably go to any brewery tour and they, they would sure, give you this, yeah. but just when they talk you through the beer and then give you the beer at the end. Mm. You feel like you've earned that beer because you've listened to a lot of boring well, it's, stuff. It's, yeah. it's not just that you've earned the beer because you've been waiting an hour for beer and, and you've been told all about the beer. Yeah. But just you've been told about it so much that you just appreciate it way more. Sure, yeah. And also, at its heart, it's still delicious Belgian beer. Yeah. And there's a guy talking about it who's just really passionate about how much he loves this beer. Yeah. So there's that. Okay. Um, also, in that main city square where, where the tower is and where everything happens in this movie pretty much mm-hmm. there was one bar that we went to that just had a balcony a little bit up and it was just nice to be just that much raised up um and still have like a fantastic view of the square and it was very mm. picturesque oh very good yeah I, I love a I love a balcony bar or like yeah. a, a, a rooftop bar yeah. Good. yeah they, they do good chips there as well oh no yeah well belgium is famous for its chips mm. pom frites yeah belgium is very good for chips so. yeah so yeah that's brief okay great well there's a bit of a tourist information for Bruges for you if you ever choose to go um my drinking game is drink every time colin farrell creatively insults somebody nice yeah <laughs> <laughs> or just insults someone maybe not creatively it's not it's not so much that he's creative it's just that more he's like very funny yeah yeah, yeah. but like yes the, the, the scene with the, the american guy is hysterical it really is just <laughs> so funny mm-hmm. <laughs>
because it starts with him genuinely trying to be helpful. I don't think he starts off trying to be mean. No. I mean, he's very rude, mm-hmm. but he just has no filter. Yeah, I but think I think his advice comes from a positive. He's like, he's not just being a, a dick. He's like, look, you're never going to get up those stairs. You're very large. <laughs> but they, they just not take it in. And he's like, well, you're fucking elephants. Like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, yeah. He, aimed, he aimed well. He aimed well at first, but he has no patience. And yeah, yeah when the guy starts chasing, he's like, fuck off, fatty. It, oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why, but fuck off, fatty just made me like die laughing. It was just his <laughs> delivery of it just really tickled me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Been to the top of the tower? Yeah. Yeah. It's rubbish. It is? Guidebook says it's a must-see. Well, you lot ain't going up there. Pardon me? Why? I mean, it's all windy stairs. I'm not being funny. What exactly are you trying to say? What exactly am I trying to say? These are a bunch of fucking elephants. Fight you. Come on, leave it, Fuzzy. Okay, listeners, well, if you've enjoyed that and you feel like you, you didn't quite get enough drinking games there, you want some more, well, if you were to become a Patreon of ours by going to patreon.com slash set, you can get some extended episodes, mm-hmm. you know, more drinking games, more sequel ideas, more listen submissions, more bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. If you do that, you also get a few other bonus features, such as a, a review show where we review films that we've seen in you- some context, yeah. At the like, moment, like it's a lot you, of Netflix. You, you used to say cinema releases. Is it current releases? Which, yeah, things that have come out recently. So at the moment, there's no cinema, but we're, we're watching a lot of Netflix stuff. So, for example, the most recent things we've watched have been um, Vampire vs. Vampires vs. Brooklyn and The Dead Don't Die. What was that, what was that terrible, boring, depressing film you made me watch? The so? Dead Don't Die? Not The Dead Don't Die. What was it called? Uh, or the devil all the time the devil, devil all, the time. all the time hated it but we reviewed it um really hated <laughs> so it if you if you're interested in what that film is you can yeah. listen to our review so you don't need to watch we're it. about to do the princess switch to switched again oh yes much to discuss and uh <laughs> we did greenland as well with yeah. uh what's his face gerard, uh, butler. Ger- Ger- gerard butler yes Again, hated it, but we had a lot to discuss. So yeah. yeah. Now there's some, there's some there's some good reviews there if I say so yeah. myself. So yeah, that's all available at patreon.com slash beyond the box set, where there are also some extra bonus features that I can't be us talking about right now. Wow, so. okay. Let's see, Alex. Uh what do you think of Jaws, which is at ninety seven percent Rotten Tomatoes? I find it to be anti shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%. Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, How about Bewitched at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle at a towering 93%? Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. Do you want to move on to sequels then? Sure, go ahead. Right, let's do it. Uh, do you want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. So I have two ideas this week. Okay. So they're both kind of based on the fact that the end of this film is very what's the word? ambiguous. It's very ambiguous, the end yeah. of this film. Yeah. So, and I think it, it leaves a lot open for interpretation. Mm-hmm. So the first one I've done is an 
is more about the relationship between Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell. Because mm-hmm. Brendan Gleeson is clearly very protective of Colin Farrell. Yeah. And we don't get a lot of backstory for what their lives are. We get obviously that in London, Colin Farrell, he, we know he grew up in Dublin. He mm-hmm. mentions that. And at some point he goes to London, does this hit on the, on the, on the priest. Brendan Gleeson saves him and they end up on the run. Yeah. But it doesn't really tell you how they know each other or why they should care about each other. No. Nope. How long they've known each other. Mm-hmm. So I thought that'd be like really interesting to explore. Okay. And especially if you want to bring them both back, which I think, because oh, yeah, you, you could to. say Colin Farrell survived. There's no way Brendan Gleeson survived this movie. No, he is, no, he is yeah. dead. Yeah. And he's so wonderful. I, I, like, I, I did think about it. Like, you know, maybe he didn't die. Maybe he just passed out and he was recovered. But like, you briefly see that all his limbs are so mangled. Like no, he, he gets he, shot in the neck, <laughs> jumps off a building. His outside the, the and the stomach and the stomach jumps off a building. His outsides are on the inside. His legs are shattered. Yeah, he's not living through this movie. It's, it's not happening. And also, unless you're going to do a zombie or a ghost movie, he's yeah. gone. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, carry on. So I was like, no, I want to bring him back. I would like to explore why these two characters are so loyal to each other and what does this mean. Yeah. And I thought maybe you could tie in a little bit of Brendan Gleeson's the hints of the backstory, which mm. we don't know how much is true and how much is not in this film because it's all very ambiguous. Mm-hmm. But that scene when they all are doing cocaine in Jimmy the Dwarf's apartments or whatever that might be, when they're talking about the race war and he says, well, I had a wife who was black mm. who got murdered in 1976 and yeah. I loved her very much. Yeah. I thought, okay, maybe you could tie that into it. So I was thinking, okay, so he's obviously a lot older than Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. So maybe he had a kid. Mm-hmm. Maybe he had a son with his wife who was murdered, who, and maybe the son was murdered at the same time. Maybe there was like a, okay. maybe it was like, you know, Ireland had a lot of troubles, you know, maybe it was like an IRA thing or, a, you know, whatever, sure. who knows, or a gang, a gangland thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So his wife and his only son were killed in the same hit job or something, mm-hmm. leaving him on his own. And I'm thinking maybe shortly after that, or maybe years after that, who knows, probably years after that, but maybe years after that, he runs into Colin Farrell and sees in him what, sees him as like a surrogate son kind of thing like mm. sees in him what he would have seen in his own son right yeah, yeah. and it opens okay. up this part maybe uh, actually yeah that's it so maybe he had a wife a lovely wife and a lovely son and he was just a regular guy he wasn't a hitman he was just a guy trying to make a living and have a family and live a normal life mm-hmm. and then for whatever reason his, his family got caught up in shit you know in ireland there was a lot of da- trouble at the time and his wife is murdered and his son is murdered. And maybe that's why he became a hitman because mm-hmm. he had nothing else to live for. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, I'm a dead man walking. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, bec- and he sinks into a life of crime and just maybe is also seeking revenge initially. It just, maybe that's his back. Maybe the first half of this film, Oh, you could cast Donald. Uh, you can tell I'm making this as I go up, as I go along. Sure. <laughs> but I feel like I'm on a roll here. You could cast Donald Gleason, famously oh, yeah. Brendan Gleason's actual son. Ah, yeah, 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 from the Star Wars trilogy and all that stuff. Yeah, he could play young Brendan Gleason. Okay, yeah. as in when he was married to his wife and sure. when he loses his son. Sure. And maybe from that horrible traumatic experience of losing his wife and son, he seeks revenge, mm-hmm. gets wrapped up in the crime world, mm-hmm. gets revenge, kills whoever killed his wife and son, and then from that because he's got nothing to live for just drifts into being a hitman and that mm. becomes his full-time job yeah and he spends like 20 years just being a hitman he doesn't care about anyone at all he's just he's dead inside he doesn't care about anything mm-hmm. he's just he's the perfect hitman because he's not emotional he's just he does the job yeah and then at some point he gets paired with colin farrell who's on his first job okay years later they end up in london for whatever reason maybe they're just in yeah. london literally to do a hit because they've clearly both come from dublin yeah yeah and maybe just working with colin farrell he gets all... Colin Farrell was born maybe the same year as his son. 
mm-hmm. and maybe he just sees in his sees in Colin Farrell the the son that he lost, and he just starts to really feel a strong sense of like parenthood and protectiveness towards mm. him and really just wants to protect him. Yeah. And that's why when the hit goes wrong and Colin Farrell actually kill accidentally kills the kid, mm-hmm. Brendan Gleeson saves him, takes him to Bruges. Mm-hmm. And then when Harry Ray finds calls him and says, you need to kill him. Mm-hmm. He can't do it because he sees him as a, as a son. Yes. And that's why they're, and that's what their relationship is. Yeah. No, that, that works. So yeah, I just want a prequel, I guess that just explores the whole relationship and why they, you know, why they cared so much about each other. Well, most of them, more so why Brendan Gleeson cared so much about Colin Farrell because it felt like a little bit one-sided. Yeah, yeah, it definitely did. I mean, Colin Farrell certainly cared about Rafe, about him as well, but not he to the same. He had his own things going on. He had his own stuff going on, but maybe, yeah. I guess on some level he recognised that this guy was, you know, looking out for him. Mm. But I also thought you could... They oh, definitely grew to like each other over the film, 100%, 100%, yeah. 100%, yeah. So I think that would add an extra emotional kick to the movie. Mm-hmm. But I was also thinking perhaps you could also look at the hit that Colin Farrell takes out for the priest, the Irish priest played mm-hmm. by Kieran Hines. Yeah. What was that all about? Yeah, totally. Why would a priest be involved in a hit job? Well, is a... he a gangster priest? Is he a child molester? Yeah, probably the latter, I'd, I'd say. Sure. Well, that's it. You don't know. So it could, it Cause could that, be. Because that's definitely within character for Ray Fines to be like, no, this guy needs to go. Sure. Yeah. He's broken the code. Yeah. yeah. I'd say that maybe the, maybe the priest, if you didn't want to bring him in, Maybe he was an informant to Ray Fiennes. Sure. And so like he would... Because he takes confessions. So exact, he, he exactly, hears yeah. people's darkest sins. Yeah, yeah. he hears all these, all these dark sins and he's, and Ray Fiennes has got him on payroll or something. And okay, so, and so I Ray like Fiennes that. is basically just sort of sifting through all the people just like, okay, that guy cheated on his wife. Yeah, not great, but it's fine. Not, I'm um, not interested that, in that, yeah. Yeah, that, that guy did that. That guy did that. That guy... Oh, he needs to go. And then suddenly, you know, oh, oh, the priest has, oh, the priest has been caught doing something. He was my guy. Okay, so the priest is Ray Fiennes' personal like mm. priest, whatever. And, and he but, tell, then, but then he's gone and broken Ray He's Fiennes broken code. the code because it turns out he gets caught up in some kind of priest scandal where he's yeah. been like molesting children or like turning a blind eye to child abuse or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that means he has to die. That's yeah. good, yeah. But in the process... Oh, yeah, turning a blind eye. That's, that's, that's good, actually, because then it could be like... Uh, maybe Ray Fiennes finds out from somebody else that like, oh, this guy's a... So this somebody else, this brand new character, mm. is a child molester. Yes, and then he's like, "Wait, why didn't my priest tell me about this?" Because he turned a blind eye. Yeah, turned, and they it could, could all find be about out the... this whole scandal going on. Yeah, it could all be about the priest scandal. That's yeah, that's really good. And so then he hires Colin mm-hmm. Farrell to hit the priest, mm-hmm. and then what happens happens. Brendan Gleeson saves him, and we arrive in the original movie. But it's just explaining why all the characters have these very close knit relationships. You could also yeah. maybe have a whole bit about why Brendan Gleeson and Ray Fiennes, how they became mm-hmm. like colleagues and why they have deep respect for each other mm. but also the respect doesn't mean that they won't potentially kill each other like no just really dig into the backstory i think that could be a really good story yeah so yeah that, that, that's my first one and that is in bruges 2 in brotherhood oh nice because they're you know it's about how they all become brothers in arms i guess yeah so, yeah yeah very good so mine i'll give you the title later um so this one picks up immediately after the close of the original mm-hmm. and uh colin farrell has been well colin farrell is ray um ray has been airlifted to hospital back in london where mm-hmm. he's been tr- treated for his injuries okay hours later chloe is allowed to go in and visit him and he's, she's flown over from she's, bruges to london yeah she really is in in deep with this guy <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the original film did put that no out sure there, no no i'm not i'm not disputing it. i'm just like wow yeah she really cares okay yeah. go on. well maybe she's concerned that he doesn't have anybody else 
True, sure, yeah. And he doesn't. He doesn't. He clearly does not know. So not anymore. They're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've got some dialogue here. No, I will not be trying to do an Irish and a Belgian accent. So, yeah, Ray just, he sort of comes to, wakes up just a little bit, and he's like, Chloe. And he's like, oh, Ray, the doctors say you're very badly in... No. Like, Are you sure you don't want me to be Chloe? Just it's clear character definition. I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. It's mainly you going to be talking on this one. Okay. <laughs> so am I being Chloe? Yeah, I just say the word Chloe. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I walked right into this one, didn't I? <laughs> okay, so start from the top. Chloe. Oh, Ray, the doctors say you are badly injured. I'm trying for a Belgian accent. I don't know. It's not the most obvious one to do. And Ray again murmurs, Chloe. You've got a punctured lung. Your liver has been destroyed. You've got major internal bleeding and your spine is injured. So basically she just keeps interrupting him, not letting him speak. Oh, I see. Okay. So he keeps going, Chloe. What is it, Ray? Chloe. Really anything. Name it. Oh my God, woman, shut the fuck up. (gasps) Chloe has a very stunned look on her face. Johnny did not need to act that. Well, I chose to. I was in the moment. I was in character. I'm sorry, but just just tell me one thing. Are we still in Bruges? No, we're in London. Well, thank the fucking Lord. They're going to take you into surgery, Ray. Well, as long as they don't take me into surgery in fucking Bruges, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> He's made his decision. He just... Anything, anything but Bruges. Yeah. Anything but Bruges. Yeah. He'd rather be dead in London than alive in Bruges. Yeah. <laughs> So shortly afterwards, the doctor comes in and prepares him for surgery, mm-hmm. placing a mask over his face and asks him to count backwards from 10. Sure. He doesn't even get to nine before he blacks out. Mm-hmm. Chloe gives him a kiss on the forehead and they wheel him down to the operating theatre as the camera fades to black. Okay. He wakes up in a hotel room bed. Back in Bruges? Not in a hospital. He looks a little confused and several years older. Uh-huh. Let's say he was de-aged for the oh, first bit. Has he, be- Colin Farrell's a bit, a has, bit he be- has he got amnesia? Has he lost years of his life? Maybe it's up for you to make your own theories here. Okay. Um, he pulls the quilt down to check for bullet wounds in his chest because obviously he got very shot up in the first film. Okay. Um, revealing that Colin Farrell has still got it. Okay, great. Damn, he's got it good. <laughs> okay, just a, a needless <laughs> Colin Farrell topless scene you just queer about in. Yeah, yeah. Great, sure. Um, but there are no bullet wounds at all. Okay. Nothing at he's all. He's clean as a whistle. Yeah. Okay. And so he says out loud, that was a fucking great surgeon. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets up and goes over to the window and, he's th- and we see his happy little face drop. He is back in Bruges. Oh, no. He runs downstairs and waiting for him in the restaurant of the hotel is Brendan Gleeson. Oh, is it like Groundhog Day? No. And so he says, Ken, what the fuck are you doing here? Didn't well, actually went Irish then. Go for it. <laughs> Lean into it. <laughs> I'm not sure I can. <laughs> Ken, what the fuck are you doing here? Didn't you die? No, I can't do Irish. Okay. Cool. I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna text this to you. Oh, there's more dialogue. Okay, great. You get to be Brendan Gleeson. Cool. Okay, I'm more comfortable with Irish than I was with Belgian. So. Hi, Ray. Good to see you. <laughs> That's not too bad. I'm not gonna try. Why are we back in fucking Bruges? Are we in Bruges? Is that what you see? What What do you fucking mean? This isn't Bruges, Ray. Well, thank fuck. Where is it then? Purgatory. Ah, fuck. Well, at least it's not fucking Bruges. But Ray, if you see him fucking Bruges, then it is fucking Bruges. Fuck, so why are we in purgatory? I guess we're both dead, but the Lord doesn't know yet where to put us. But 
We're fucking hitmen. Isn't it obvious where to put us? Yeah, but I sacrificed myself for you, Ray, and you felt suicidal about shooting that kid. So maybe that's enough to save us from hell. So what now then? And that's, that's that's literally all I've got. So oh, okay. So basically, they're both stuck in purgatory. Okay. And uh, Colin Farrell sees purgatory as Bruges. Okay. Um, we do have yet to work out what Brendan Gleeson is seeing purgatory as. Mm-hmm. Um, it could just be waiting in a restaurant to be served and never being served. Sure. Yeah. Well, this is interesting because actually my second idea is pretty much exactly the same. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> I mean, well, it, it, it's a different angle, so it's probably worth discussing. Yeah. So yeah, I had the same thought because obviously the end of this film has Colin Farrell's voiceover where he's like, is Bruges purgatory mm. or is it hell? Yeah. And I thought, well, maybe it is. See, so, no, see no, first of all, I forgot that voiceover. So mm. so this is a, an original uh, original travel idea. Okay, sure, great. But uh, it kind of came from when, like you said, when I said to said you before the recording like john i've got nothing here and you <laughs> said like well did he die at the end did he not and i thought to myself like well of course he didn't die because how else am i gonna write a sequel oh no wait a minute yeah okay. I, 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 yeah i mean I, I was i was throwing you some let's, pretty let's, easy let's, stuff there yeah let's, let's think outside of this box sure well good for you but yeah i was thinking maybe it is purgatory and i was thinking maybe ken brendan gleason's character yeah. is colin farrell's guardian angel ah that works yeah yeah so maybe like he really did kill the kid. That's mm-hmm. a real thing that happened. Because mm-hmm. Brendan Gleeson's all about his redemption. And Brendan Gleeson also seems very zen in this movie. Like mm. he, he fully accepts his own death. Yeah. He's just he's very just with it and calm and collected and he mm. knows he's he's perfectly comfortable with mm. if he has to die, he has to die. Yeah. So I'm thinking, yeah, maybe it's kind of like almost like Groundhog Day. Mm. So Colin Farrell gets shot up and he dies mm. at the end of the film. Yeah. And then he wakes up. And it's back on the first day he arrives back in Bruges again. Okay. And it's like Groundhog Day. He Every time he, he dies, mm. he ends up back in Bruges again and the mm-hmm. cycle repeats itself. Mm-hmm. But not like every... It's, it's, it's not like a one-day cycle? Is it? Like no, it's a, just as long as he can survive it, basically. Right, yeah, yeah. He keeps getting himself killed. Okay. And that could be a strain of comedy. Like, each time he gets he gets himself killed, it's in more ridiculous circumstances. Yeah, totally. But each time he goes around, he's bettering himself. Yeah. Like, he's not calling the, the dwarf... Uh, midget mm-hmm. he's not being racist he's not punching women in the face you know, it's, uh, yeah, but yeah. every time he just gets it slightly better it's not like he immediately gets better it's like every time he does most things wrong yeah but he gets one thing better and each time he just gets a little bit better and a little bit better yeah but in the entire process ken is guarding him and like ken's like a guardian angel but like a rough around the edges guardian angel mm-hmm. who's been through a lot of shit and doesn't really have time for anything mm. so he's you know that's why he's kind of world weary and you know not really into the whole saving people scenario but he just has a deep connection with ray basically yeah so yeah no i, I really like that yeah i just like the idea of it being groundhog day and maybe he even realizes i, did, I did sort of think of that as well like i was i was, I was trying to think like how could i do a, a, a groundhog day of this but like mm. they always those groundhog day scenarios they always start off with like a series of scenes that have very specific moments in them mm-hmm. just because then they can always come back and like remind yeah. you of those moments sure and uh yeah i just couldn't quite picture it in this well he's really trying to redeem himself for killing from killing a kid mm. like he needs to find a way to gain forgiveness and self-acceptance for the fact that he was he literally shot a kid in the head yeah and that's gonna be very difficult mm-hmm. so maybe like ultimately he gets to a point where he sa- rather than the dwarf getting shot he saves the dwarf's life mm-hmm. and then that's what redeems him ah yeah, yeah, yeah. sure sure yeah so and maybe he, he so, even, so, so he, he he saved the other kid. That's yeah, exactly. Not that the dwarf is a kid, but, no, like, but at least like, he's saved a life. Yeah, he's yeah. taken he's taken a life and he's saved a life. Yeah. yeah, and maybe he makes a better impact on all. Like, because if you if you think of the original film, mm-hmm. like every decision Colin Farrell makes hurts somebody else. You know, mm-hmm. He shoots the guy in the face and blinds him forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess Chloe's okay, but you know, 
she gets dragged along in the ride. Yeah. Jimmy the dwarf gets killed. Ken gets killed. Mm-hmm. I still think Ken's the guardian angel. So he doesn't really mind being killed, mm-hmm. or like, or, or like he accepts it and it's fine. It's part of his sacrifice. Yeah. But I'm thinking, like, as it goes on, he has to find a way to live the perfect day in Bruges, which mm-hmm. he fucking hates. He hates that town. <laughs> yeah. He has to try and find a perfect day where he can enjoy Bruges and also where everyone lives. Yeah. And everyone ends up better. So he teaches Jimmy the dwarf to not be racist anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe he gets them together with, you know. Well, maybe, maybe he makes a scenario where they, they have that night where they take all the drugs. Mm. But if they don't say anything racist, then it turns out that the black prostitute has some really interesting things to say. Yeah, exactly. It's like... <laughs> if they just only listened. Yeah, because she was always there. So maybe he has to engineer the perfect scenario where Jimmy the Dwarf actually says, Hey, random black prostitute extra, what's your backstory? Tell me your life. And I'm interested. And I'm going to hear your narrative. Mm-hmm. And it makes him a better person he actually listens yeah and maybe they they form a deep connection and fall in love mm-hmm. yeah and then you know they're both better people for it yeah and yeah he tells chloe to respect herself more and not to just like bail him out every time mm-hmm. and he doesn't shoot the guy in the face he encourages the skinhead guy to just be a better person mm-hmm. without having to blind him yeah and yeah and ken lives and he makes his peace with harry and everyone yeah it's, it's just like Every day he has to work harder and harder to get to a happy ending, basically. Yeah. That's the point. It, it really is just Groundhog Day. Yeah, no, that, that works well. Yeah. And so I've, got, is... I've got a little finish to that as well. Go for it, yeah. Um, the one he does eventually get the perfect day in, sure. in, in Bruges. Mm-hmm. And then nobody dies and everything like that. He finally escapes Bruges. It's the and, only way. And he wakes up from surgery. Yes. Just to bring it back full circle with the, with the, with idea, that I, with, sure, with yeah. the idea that I started. And he's, not, and he's no longer in Bruges. He wake, yeah, he wakes up from surgery. He's back in London. Mm. Um, Chloe is there by his side and he is a very changed man. He is no longer rude and horrible and extremely racist. And it turns out she doesn't actually like that. No, that's what she's into. So she's like, well, <laughs> so, bye. So she, she leaves him, but she leaves him a better person. Yeah, and, he, and he's escaped from Bruges. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Perfect. So that was in Bruges too, in Purgatory. Nice. Okay, well, I've got a better one. I called it Imbrugatory. In, that's actually better. Yeah. Imbrugatory. Let's go with that. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So, should we move on to listener submissions? Mm-hmm. Cool. So, I have a few here. Uh, John Harmon III, our first member of an ancestral dynasty, I think. <laughs> in, John Harmon III said, In Bruges too, in Liege. Okay. It's another Belgian city in Liege. Right. It's the, oh, other, yeah, it's, yeah. It's the other side of Belgium. Yeah. Did you, did you, have you ever been to Liege? No, I don't think so. Yeah, well, Adam Capitanio said out Bruges in Bruges out Bruges. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's like all the characters are gay, like it's in and out, or, or, <laughs> or it's just like get out of Bruges. Who knows? Yeah. The exact same film, but everybody's gay. Sure, yeah, and it's not brought up much. No, well, initially I mistook I mistook the homophobia for like inclusiveness. Mm-hmm. Like in the first scene when Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson are in the pub. And he's like, I'll have a big gay beer for my friend and a big straight beer for me. And I was like, yeah. well, it's a bit clumsy, but are we saying Brendan Gleeson's gay? And yeah. then clearly he was not. No. But yeah, like, <laughs> now I was disappointed. Mm. But uh, yeah, so a, a version of this film where everyone's gay would be a nice fix, I guess. Yeah. For that problem. Yeah. This is the one that made me laugh when I was putting these together and you accused me of laughing at my own jokes, which I was not. <laughs> uh, Graham Kitchen said, in Bruges too, electric Brugeloo. Oh, nice. <laughs> See, that's nice. funny. That's yeah. worth a chuckle. Electric <laughs> Brugeloo. Dennis Fanning said, we follow the Canadian guy as he travels Europe, constantly getting into arguments and being blamed for John Lennon's death. Because <laughs> that's what uh, Colin Farrell says mm. when he punches the Canadian guy. He's like, that's for John Lennon, you fucking Yankee or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty good. Gabriel Canada said, an American werewolf in Bruges. Nice. Sequel to an American werewolf in London and Paris. Of course, yeah, yeah. Franchise. Matthew Giacarino said, after Brexit, the whole movie takes place in an airport customs office. 
depressing but accurate <laughs> yeah over on twitter at historic hole at historic hole <laughs> for sure said i never thought about a sequel but if it involves ray then that would ruin the ambiguous ending to the first film yeah. which is true yeah. fair enough yes a loosely connected plot with new main characters like associates of harry maybe keep the dark humor and the philosophical stuff and maybe the supporting characters like Marie, the pregnant lady, Eric, the Eric, the blind guy mm-hmm. who gets shot, and Yuri, the guy who gives him the gun. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's just all the supporting characters show up and they get their own movie. Sure, so I like that. Be something there. As That's as interesting. As, yeah. as long as they've got the right writing team on it that can, yeah. that, 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 that can pad it well. Yeah. So I, yeah, I like I like the principle of that. Where it's like you're right. The, this film deliberately ends ambiguously. So maybe it's mm. not for us to say, oh, actually he lived. It's fine. Yeah. Maybe it's just like the supporting characters get a movie. Yeah. So very good. And finally, Catbutt at Catbutt, we got some great names this week on Twitter, <laughs> said, I feel like there's scope for Ray Fiennes' character Harry to go into testing the structural integrity of multiple pieces of office equipment and seeing which one is the worst kind of fucking inanimate object. Oh, God. So, yeah. <laughs> what, what an idea. That's a good one. Yeah, he just becomes a, a tester. So thank you everybody for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, all of which you can also leave a five-star review if you like. It really helps us to reach new listeners, so please do consider it. As mentioned earlier, we're also available on Patreon, which is exclusively for the people who would rate us more than five stars if they could. You can find all the relevant links in the description below or at beyondtheboxit.com. And next week, Harry, Mm -hmm. it's back to me. Last film of the year. Indeed. Well, you have set me up very nicely here. Mm -hmm. I did not, I could never have anticipated that you would set me up so perfectly on this. Okay. Because uh, you picked this film in Bruges. Yeah. Starring... Colin Farrell. Yeah. And it turns out, despite the fact that we've never done him before, mm-hmm. I also had a Colin Farrell film in my back pocket. Do you, uh, do you remember like last time I had a pick? Yeah. And I, I said you I had said three films. Three, yeah. yeah. And I made you roll the dice. Yeah. One of the films that didn't land mm-hmm. was a Colin Farrell film. Okay. And so I'm going to pick it now. What was the third one you're not going to pick? It was The Snowman. Okay. What is I, it? I just thought Winter not the... in the eye. No, no, no. Uh, the one with, the one where, um, what's his face? Oh, sexy German. What's he called? Uh, Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender, yeah. I, I love how you got that immediately. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I knew what you meant. I was just like... The one where Michael I, I, Fass- I just wanted to double check. Like, yeah. Are there any other sexy Germans? Yeah, the one where Michael Fassbender plays Harry Hole. Terrible character name. We, we might do it in January. Have I seen this? No, you haven't. Okay. It came out last... It was a complete flop. Mm. It came out last year. It's called The Snowman. It's based on a crime novel that was a big hit. Oh, I'm... I vaguely remember the trailer for this. It was this. a huge failure. It was yeah. a huge flop. We didn't even see it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I've heard it's like a disaster in a good way. Like, yeah. Stop, Michael Fassbender. Stop picking disaster movies. Well, we're, we're not doing it, but I might do it in January. Okay. But Michael Fassbender literally plays a detective called Harry Hole. Great. And apparently there, at no point does the film acknowledge that that's funny. <laughs> like, it doesn't even go there. Okay. So I'm intrigued. But that's not what we're doing this week. So yeah. relax. But this may be a bad movie. Yep. It is another flop. Great. Um, Great. Thank you. It's a Colin Farrell movie. Okay. It's called A Winter's Tale. A Winter's Tale. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to tell you. Is it Christmassy? It's called A Winter's Tale. So I, I can only assume. Okay. I don't know. But we're doing alternative films this year. So, you know, I'm just leaning into that. So Sure. We'll see. 
I think it will be entertaining. Um, better bloody hope so. I hope so too. I've not seen it either, so we know it's, we're going in blind. All right, cool. So join us next week for A Winter's Tale starring Colin Farrell. Last film of the Christmas season. Yeah. End of the year. And I'll be doing some sort of a... Uh, a we'll bonus. do a year-end wrap-up, yeah. Yeah. We'll do, we'll, we'll do something. I'm not sure what it's going to be yet, because I've only seen about one film in the cinema. It's been depressing, <laughs> but we'll, we'll figure something out, yeah. yeah. It's, it'll be fine. It'll be great. Yeah. Cool. Right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. See you next week. Bye. Bye. hookers and a racist dwarf. I think I'm heading home.